Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Welcome in. Happy, happy Tuesday. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. It's Deuce and Mo. And of course, we got our buddy Chris Watkins hanging out with us in this first hour. Big show. Just launched this week for Chris Watkins. Right before us from 10 to 11, Monday through Friday. Are you enjoying it, man? Yeah. Today went by really fast. Yeah. Which is ideal, for sure. That definitely means you're flowing, you know, conversations. Or <laughs> I say conversations. Yeah. It was you're by myself. Yeah, I was yeah. talking to myself. But, uh, yeah, the conversation with myself, I felt, went great. One of the better conversations with myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> When you can have a good conversation with yourself, it's yeah. just That's great. very rare. Top yeah. notch, yeah. top notch. I, my inner dialogue is not productive <laughs> at all. Really? I, yeah, yeah. I, I have great, I always talk to myself, always. And, but I do it out loud. I do it out loud. Like, um, even my inner yeah. conversations. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's outer dialogue. Yeah, so yeah. it's outer dialogue. Outer, inner, yeah. Yeah, you know, where, like, yeah. sometimes maybe you shouldn't be saying it yes. out loud, but you're just like, oh, and then th- it turns yeah. out there's a camera on me 24-7 now <laughs> yeah, in that's, my life. That's and a lot I'm like, worse, right? Oh, God, Truman Show. <laughs> and Chris, how about his name? I called oh, him one yeah. center. Dude, it's... I'll say that, honestly... When we had our name up there for the first time, uh-huh. like it's Deuce and Mo, I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. It's, we're all born and raised in Sacramento. Right. And you, when you see that, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. that's pretty Kind of hits different. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, like I was just one of the 18,000 spectators in this crowd at one yeah. point, And like, there's only four, what, six people who can yeah. say that they have their name. You know? And you're like, like, wow, this place actually did something like okay for me for once. <laughs> like after all these years, like they decided to show some level of support. Like- it's, like, it's as basic as it gets, just a, a font that says Chris and Co., but for some reason it hits. Yeah, no, no, no it's comment. like it's like you know you work your ass off, and then when people don't do anything, it's great when they finally <laughs> do. And honestly, so proud of you, but also thank you so much for actually posting about it on your Twitter, on right. your Instagram, because Chris is one of those guys that is like, Morgan gets so mad I don't, <laughs> I, I don't like self promotion. I don't. You think it's I like so posting gross. selfies and photos all the damn time? I do. No, yeah. Chris, I do not. But I must because you got to keep going on and on and on if you want to keep making it. Well, you know, it's day two, you know, it it's is. day two. I'm still <laughs> Kinda, learning. Yeah. You know? Well, Keep posting. Yeah. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. This hour, we're going to talk a lot about what happened last night at Gold One Center. The Kings winning without De'Aaron Fox. Also coming up today at noon, Powerhouse. Powerhouse Hobbs from AEW is going to be in studio with us. How, t- how tall is Powerhouse Hobbs? Oh, he's got to be like, what, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, is he that tall? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that like looks taller, but he's like my height, but just yoked. Oh, I, I, he's a big dude. He's gotten in tremendous shape, too. Like, gotten. So he's, no, I mean, compared to when he first started AEW to now, he's ripped. He was pretty ripped. Okay. Coming okay. in. But I'll, he is, I'll, 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 I'll agree. I'll ask how, about, right how about he was ripped, but now he's cut? He yes. is cut. There we go. There you go. Okay. Anyway, AEW's in Sacramento tomorrow. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and he is fighting for the TNT Championship against Warlow. Who, who you got? It's a good question, man. I don't Are you know. serious? Who do I think's going to win? Oh, who you think's going to win? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've definitely because Powerhouse Hobbs is coming in studio. I'm Powerhouse Hobbs guy. And he's a local guy. Yeah, Bay Area. He wrestled here. Okay. You don't think Warlow's wrestled here? <laughs> Why at are all? we already arguing about this to begin with? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But he's going to be in studio with us at noon. Let's get into last night's game. 
Kings get the win over the Pelicans. They hold them to 49 points in the second half. They win 123-108. to Going into the game, no De'Aaron Fox. So you're a little worried. The last time the Kings did not have De'Aaron Fox against the Pelicans was that game in New Orleans where they lost by 32 points. And that was with the Pelicans missing everybody pretty much. No B.I., no Valanchunas, no Zion. Last night, B.I. and Valanchunas played. I was a little concerned. I want to see how the Kings were going to respond. I felt like they knew that they had to come out and play with spirit. Mike Brown kind of challenged him after that game against Minnesota the other night. I thought they responded in a big way. Yeah, definitely. It it felt like like you said, it felt like they knew especially defensively they could not they can't keep trying to get by just on offense. There was there was going to have to be a point where they they were going to have to shut these guys down or shut somebody down. And uh yeah, I mean last night was a perfect opportunity with T- Davion Mitchell getting that extended run. You knew he was going to bring a little bit more defensive attention, defensive focus and uh yeah, I mean it it was it was a great game, you know. Was- I just love the way that they came in looking so polished like they they looked sharp Mm -hmm. with not only the way that they were moving the ball around on the offensive end and we'll get to that and everyone that was making those crisp passes and moving without the basketball but on the defensive end as well they were doing a really good job making sure they were taking that extra step to be in help or making sure that they were contesting shots especially after taking on minnesota and Minnesota hitting, what, 13 open threes on them the other night. So they really responded to a lot of their mistakes that they did make over the weekend. Yeah, and there were Franklin D. Roosevelt's everywhere. You know what I mean? No, so, uh, no, I, no I, I quite we, literally we do not know. Talking about mean. dimes, right? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Know who's no, on the dime, no. friends. Know what president's on the dime. Ugh. The Kings had a season high, <laughs> tied a season high in dimes with 39. This feels like Didn't a, you guys like just a have lesson. a conversation with Frankie about who, who carries change? We yeah. totally did. Yeah, he was telling me about that. Yeah. You guys were making fun of him for knowing about coins. No, he said he didn't think that they made coins yeah, anymore. He didn't say oh, that wait, they don't right. make coins so, right. anymore. Also, like, I think most people <laughs> know <laughs> dimes as Frankie D's, right? No. like Nobody Seriously. does. You Frankie D's? Yeah, Franklin D. Roosevelt. We call him Frankie D's. That's what dimes, D's. <laughs> Honestly, though, can we use that term for now on? They be dropping Frankie D's. Oh, look who's buying into it now. <laughs> <A little. laughs> yeah. yeah, see? It <laughs> does like work. That. It You're does crazy. work. I'm not going to lie. I know. It okay, kind of does work. It kind of does work. I'm we're not calling them Frankie lie. D's. Hey, man, those Fra- that's a new thing. Frankie Coming D's. Coming to a Mark Jones that- podcast. Oh. Yes. Oh. Frankie G's all over the court. Yeah. I'm using that in Stockton. Yeah. Dude, let's oh, do it. Yes, got to do it. Dude. That's no, incredible. We're an idiot. Okay. We're, all right. We're a collective idiot. idiot. Yes. We are a collective <laughs> idiot. Yes. Um, yeah, but 39 assists last night. And that yeah. was on how many oh makes? Oh, my gosh. That was on 40, uh, 47 make made shots. Yeah. I, it was great to see the ball moving around like that, especially without your guy. I know Fox, right. of course, handles the ball much more. But it was great to see the Kings being decisive making the right passes, getting the ball moving. I, I was really pleased to see what Kevin Herter did. You know, that's a guy that has, you know, struggled in the month of February, couldn't make a three-point shot to save his life. And in the last four games, the guy's 17 of 29 from three. But I was most impressed with just his approach to the game last night. He was setting up his teammates. He was rebounding well. It's a great game for uh, Kevin Herter. Yeah, it was good to see. And he got eight assists as well. And last time Fox didn't play, he got nine assists. So oh, it's yeah. nice to see him stepping in in that role. Also, Mike Brown straight called him out, called out all the guards for their rebounding uh, after Saturday's game. And 
Kevin Herter finished with five rebounds. Dude, as well. that's and that's the thing. It's not only when he gets called out and then responds to that, and the team responds well and they show growth. But I think with someone like Kevin Herter, it was doing those little things were helping him in so many different ways on the floor, helping him with his flow, with his confidence. And um, the way he was moving without the basketball, I was saying this to Deuce last night, it was like his footwork, he seemed so much more locked into when he was coming off a screen and making sure to come off a shoulder or a dribble handoff. And just those small details that he was paying attention to, obviously the team as well, but Kevin Herter specifically to have the game like he did last night, uh, that is... That is just such a coachable, fun guy to watch. I'm so excited he had that game. Yeah, and it goes to show you, too, like, guys are just going to go through funks throughout the year. And I think sometimes we're so much more willing to – what are you – are you doing yoga? <laughs> that was like a flamingo just, stretch right there. Wait, really? I was just stretching my leg. Just randomly? Yeah. Dude, just like, like you're about to get – it. like she's about to check wait, in right seriously? now. seriously? This is distracting. This is distracting. I didn't know what you were doing. I'm just talking about Kevin Herter. I just look out of my corner eye and you're like grabbing your cankle, your, I'm sorry, your, um, cankle? your shin. Yeah, I, crazy, bro. This guy is a, crazy. Yeah, you're an oh awful God. person and no one likes you. So shut up and anyway, let me stretch. Crazy. I, I just think like people were really hard on Kevin Herter because yeah. he missed shots for a minute. And I get it. Like it's frustrating. It's going to happen. If he was making shots all the time consistently, he'd be an all-star level player, right? right. Like he would be Clay Thompson. That's the thing. <laughs> and last night, he kind of looked like Clay Thompson with the way he was playing. But um, yeah, I, I just think he has proven for the most of this year to be a really big pickup for Sacramento. Just like his chemistry, like obviously he, him coming off the dribble handoffs with Sabonis, really effective. But I just like his playmaking too. But mm-hmm. even when he was down and in that slump, though, I did feel like he. There was games. There were games when he was dog poo. Yes. And then there were games where it's like, ah, oh, he's not shooting well, but he was still doing enough yeah. for this team. Yeah, that was. The th- I keep giving him credit for like even when he was going through his his perimeter shooting woes, it felt like he was still like trying to get twos as well. Like a lot of times, and me and Frank talk about this all the time, but like it's probably not a great example, but Buddy healed. It was three or bust. It yeah. was all I'm doing is taking threes. He's not going to look for you know. Kevin yesterday had two where he, uh, he drives and kind of gets like a, a little mid-range floater game that he's got. He goes to that a couple times a game. He's, he was a great cutter last night. Had some great dunks last night. I think we officially saw Kayvon out there Ooh. last night. So, uh, yeah, just like you mentioned, just his ability to not just shoot the ball and that be the only thing he does. Because I do think in the games where, as you say, he, he is dog poo, when his <laughs> shot isn't falling – I think it's fair to question why he would be out on the floor at the end of games because he's really he gets kind of targeted defensively yeah. at times by the other team and you know he's not necessarily a, the primary ball handler or anything like that so it's really big for his shot to be falling down or for him to find some other way to impact the game. Well, we got more on this Kings win. We're going to take a one-minute break on the radio side. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo, Sacktown Sports 1140 and SacktownSports.com. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. 
Avion throws right wing to Malik Monk as the shot clock hits six inside to Mizzy. Skip it out to Lyles, extra pass to the corner. There's another three knocked down by Kevin Herter. He's now got 22 points in this ball game. Kings are now 15 of 29 from downtown, and they've stretched the lead to 19. Damn, 25 points, eight dimes, or Frankie D's as we call them. Frankie Five D's. rebounds and nine of 16 shooting, six of 10 from three for Kevin Herter in that Kings win last night, 123 to 108. And they move closer to the Memphis Grizzlies, just a half game out of the number two spot. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Watkins from Chris and Co. There's 10 to 11 right here on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Uh, Chris Watkins, Morgan Reagan. Uh, real us. fast, uh, before we get back to this game, did you see the news about John Morant today? Oh. So, Mark Stein? Mark Stein putting out this, that the NBA CBA says a firearm on team premises, including a team plane, is an automatic 50-game suspension. The league is trying to confirm where the firearm came from. Do you Dude. think? Do you think they're going to do something where not... They're not going to lie, but they're going to bend the truth and be like, well, you know, it wasn't his or it wasn't this, so it's not a 50-game suspension. I mean, I'm sure they're trying to do yeah. anything in their power to avoid that, but I don't know. I mean, that's... Uh... He was on the road. He was in Denver. I don't know how, you know, unless he decided unless... to go stop at the gun store right after the game, but before going to the club, I don't... Game oh, ends. Yeah. We just lost to Denver. Yeah. Huh? Hey, let's go to the gun shop, man! Oh. Um, no, it sucks. It's very unfortunate. And, you know, I was thinking about it over the summer, too. I try not... You know, we try not to judge people on social media, but we see people's stories all the time, and we, like, judge them for sure. You I know what I'm talking no about? I have no idea what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. I hate no, watch, never. I judge, so, I do all the above. I was seeing John Moran's stories over the offseason, and I'm like... This guy sure like drinks a lot. He said this to me. He said this to me. I said, I'm a little concerned about him. I know he's young, but dude, he goes Mm -hmm. hard. And then, you know, I I also was like, well, he does score 30 a game. Does it really matter? Like, whatever. It must not be that big of a deal. But apparently all this stuff Mm -hmm. is a big deal. And he could be facing a 50-game suspension. Yeah. I I think, I, I mean, I'm glad that he's taking time away to obviously... Um, get help one way or another or take a second to reevaluate everything that he's doing in his life. But Zach Lowe podcast today was talking about the John Morant situation and they were even talking about something as simple as like, hey, like, you know, it's tough too because his dad's on the sideline, you know, drinking and pr- promoting that he's drinking sure. every night in and night out. My only thing I would say to any of this, though, is that John Morant is a grown man at this point. Sure. So whether it is your father, whether whether it is a teammate, whether it's a friend, a partner, it doesn't matter. Like, you have a choice. And right. so him making the choice to step away, and I mean almost being forced to, and to reevaluate, hopefully he can continue to try and make the right choice yeah. going forward. Uh, Shams had something interesting to say yesterday. The fact that apparently the Grizzlies had a team meeting after this and uh, Stephen Adams had some concerns. I'm told, guys, that there was a players-only meeting recently where Stephen Adams, their veteran center, he spoke out about how the team needs to show better discipline on the road, how um, they need to stay away from going out uh, when they're on the road. This team is 12-20 and 20 on the road this year. They're stellar at home, but that's a poor road record for them. 
And I'm told those in the room, when Steven Adams spoke out, they knew exactly who he was directing this to. It was no one other than Ja Morant. And so clearly Ja Morant still went out in the early hours of Saturday. That video was posted with the gun. And there's questions. Was the gun his? Did he have a license? Was he traveling with the gun? Where did the gun come from? Was it a friend's? How many other weapons were there? Is it even legal to carry a weapon in the area that they were at? So there's a lot of questions that not only local authorities and also the league need answered. Yeah, there's a lot to go over. I appreciate people in the chat, too. Uh, Sean and uh, Josue were saying that the meeting, again, apparently the players-only meeting happened before yes. this went down. Okay. So yeah, I, I, right I, I messed that up. I didn't even hear that initially, so my bad. Yeah. What I don't know. I just heard players Which is like even Aspen. worse. Yeah. Yes, that, I right. didn't hear it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's oh, worse that, that okay. he's having a meeting, right. and then he pulls out a gun yeah. after that because, meeting. Because, you know what? It's it's deeper. They, the guy's got some deeper issues he's dealing with right now. Now you just hope that he is being honest with himself and getting the help he needs because the guy is too talented of a player. He's got such a bright future. Just get get the help, dude. I mean, there was video, I've yeah. seen videos on social media today of him on like a private plane with like his family. And I don't know when this was from, but he's got like multiple bottles of tequila and he's like chugging. The, I mean, like from the bottle. From, yeah. No, from the bottle. And in this two minute video, it was half gone. I mean, it was. So he, he's got a problem. Right, you don't right. drink like that's no. that, that's a serious no. issue. That I, should hurt. I know this sounds funny, and you guys can make fun of it, but I've been exploring the sober curious life. I I hate when you say this. (laughs) You're just like, I'm not drinking, not alcohol. No, 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 no. Because I mean, I've had I I had a glass of wine the other day. Um, but like I I hate that. I've also I've also dabbled in like in like unalcoholic or non-alcoholic wine and beer just to be like, hey, and mocktails and like, what yeah. what is this life about? And so I've like looked things up and following some things, you know, a lot of people say when people are putting it out there all the time, like believe them, you know, when it's For like, sure. it's the same right. thing. Like when people show you who they are, believe that. And I think when someone is willing at this stage of their NBA career to have a photo posted out there or videos of him partying and posted with, you know, drinking tequila bottles or whatever that was on the private plane. It's like, believe that there is something going on there sure. when it comes to abusing alcohol. Yeah. I want to quickly just, yeah, that huge shout out Steven Adams. Cause it sounds like everybody on the team knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And for him to have the, the cojones to really step up and talk to the leading scorer of the team, the face of the franchise and really point the finger at him and say, Hey man, like no one else wants to say it, but you, you need to do better. That's huge for a guy who's, I mean, Steven, we all know Steven Adams. He's a household, household name, but we, you know, Steven Adams is known, but he's not John Moran. He doesn't have signature shoes coming out. He's not one of the young faces of the NBA. Like, to me, that's that's just I just want to big yeah. up Stephen Adams for for he knows what it takes too, right? right? Like he's been on winning teams. Yeah. He understands how difficult it is right. to get to that next level. And you know he you don't want to see a young player make that type of mistake. And John Morant is supposed to be the face of that franchise. Right. And if your face of the franchise is setting the tone by going out and getting blasted every single road game, yeah, and you you it's 
They're losing a lot on the road this That's year. That's what as, I was going to say. Mentioned. If you're performing at a high level, there's always that little bit like, oh, I don't like it, but we're still winning or right. he's still performing. And then when it starts affecting the game or the team, that's when someone has to step up and yeah, there's a problem there. And I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just glad that we're in this day and age too in the NBA when there is a problem. We talk about it. I, I feel like for the most part, a lot of people haven't just been crapping on John Morant. You know, you get the, you get the internet trolls no matter what the situation is, even if you're the nicest celebrity in the whole entire world. But for the most part, people are, concerned and i appreciate that we've evolved to humanizing these athletes more and more over the years yeah what it's tougher it's really tough for memphis now yeah it is you got championship hopes and now there's this uncertainty hanging over about jaw and when he's going to be back and that's going to obviously impact things for them now, all of a sudden, the Kings are looking at that number two mm-hmm. spot. That's what I want to talk about. Even if Phoenix goes up and tries to get yep. that number two spot, the Kings may be able to just hang on to number three. Insane. Insane. Uh, okay with that. We got to talk about all of that uh, coming up next. It's Deuce and Mo with Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports 1140 and SacktownSports.com. And local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. I was kind of hoping you weren't going to make it. Barely. I was going to scream. I went no We are live. I, I did go tinkle time, but I, I went no hands. Oh because, my hey, god! It's a great no. It's smart yep. because yep. no hands. You no don't have to wash, wash your hands. Yep. Ooh, so I'll have to make up a song. Look, ma, no hands hey. to him <laughs> okay. peeing. This yes. is great. I this love is- that. <laughs> that <is> great. <laughs> oh man, Perfect. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Watkins hanging out. Of course, Chris has a new show right here on Sacktown yeah. Sports and SacktownSports.com. Chris and Co. airs daily Monday through Friday from ten to eleven. Uh, we were talking last segment about John Morant and that report from Mark Stein suggesting he could face a 50-game suspension. Mark Stein has clarified that now, saying that that is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that he stated incorrectly, and a firearm on a team premises is indeed a violation of NBA rules and subject to the play... Where's... <laughs> I had to take a call. Just, Morgan just had to take a call. She just leave? Is yeah. it because Powerhouse Hobbs is already here? I don't even know. We're supposed to have Powerhouse Hobbs coming up in a few minutes. Um, anyway, a fire time on team premises is indeed a violation of NBA rules and subjects the player to discipline, but there's no specific suspension length in the league yeah. bylaws. The suspension length is imposed at the commissioner's discretion. What do you think? Uh, I was talking with Frankie about this as well yesterday, and he brought up in something that really made me think, like, if this would have been like DeMarcus Cousins, this is like not even a conference. Like he's just gone, like suspended probably for the remainder of the season and no one's. You think? And I, I think so. Huh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe reputation factors yes. in a that, I think that's where but, it is. I mean, I just think there's just so many things coming out about Jaw recently that well, I don't think they would hold back. I don't feel like the – I think it was no – like it's been – talked about and reported all the things that were leading up to the incident, but I don't feel like it really carried with him as much as I feel like it 
might have with some other maybe lower profile guys. I think is more interesting. Worth. I don't know. I they guess we'll see how they, they act now. Right. I, I mean, mean, I'm wondering how fast they're going to wait yeah. on this. I mean, the I think part two of- game suspension, too, is strange, right? Kind of looking back, like, why why give them two games and then just kind of be like, oh, actually, indefinitely. Sorry. I think they felt Sorry like they had that. to act now. I felt like they were like, we got to do something, something right now. Right. Did they state that it was a two game yes. suspension? Okay. Oh, oh, oh my no goodness. Oh. Dude, this is awesome. Ha- <laughs> yeah, have a seat. Yes, just please. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. We have Powerhouse Hobbs in studio already, man. We're just, just going to talk hoops in front of. I'm oh. sorry? The Monster. Oh. Powerhouse Hobbs. I'll get it right. Get it right. Come on, man. <laughs> We're um, going to talk hoops in front of you for a second yeah. until break. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious what they do with Jatu and how they get to the point of, all right, when, does, when they make a decision on this, how long do they figure it out? But. It impacts the Kings, right? The Kings are just a half game behind the Memphis Grizzlies right now. That's what's wild about all of this now is that, you know, I was talking to Deuce and I'm like, it's sad with everything how and what's happening with him. But basketball-wise, this is fun. This is I mean, this is great for the Kings. This is just more padding. Whether they end up in the second seed or not, it's just exciting that now there's more of a possibility. Right. Well, it's it's legit now. I mean, Memphis is going to drop. They're going to drop right. now. It's and, just yeah. it could drop tonight. Lakers yeah. play him tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been playing well. And it's not just the jaw thing too. I mean, they lost Brandon Clark, who's a big piece yep. off their bench, and now you know Dylan Brooks is on that game by game. If he gets a tech, he's missing the next game as well. Like they're re- they really could miss a lot of key pieces down the stretch here when it matters most. And yeah, I mean it's it is great for the Kings because yeah, if the Lakers win tonight. Sitting pretty. So, to start the season, you know, I was, like, talking about play-in conversations for, sure. for the Kings. Yeah. And then as we kept going, I'm like, holy crap, they're actually going to make the playoffs. And then, no one could have told me that all of this was going to unravel in the beginning of the Zero season. Zero even, even when I thought, okay, Russ is going to be traded at some point in this season. When is that going to happen? At the trade deadline, whatever it is, it's going to make the Lakers better. No. Nothing made a huge impact except KD right now with the Suns. Even when you look at the Mavs, they're still terrible at defense. And they're still that same offensive identity where the ball just doesn't flow when Luka's on the floor. Yeah. The the teams that made all the moves, everyone was like panicking about. Hell, I was kind of like, oh my God, all these teams made moves. We're talking about Portland. Oh man, they they got Thibault. The Clippers got Plumlee and Bones Island and Eric Gordon, Russ. Uh, the Warriors get GP too. I mean, it, it's it, it's crazy that the Kings did stand pat, and it's like, okay, you know what? It's working for them right now. They've won five of six out of the break. Going back to last night's Kings game, yeah. real fast too. We haven't talked about Davion Mitchell yet. Mm. We haven't talked about a lot of guys. Yeah, we talked a lot about Kevin Herter, but yeah. Davion Mitchell, man, I thought he played a really good game. The last couple of times he's had the chance to start, he's played really well, and I like that last night Mike Brown gave him a lot of love. Yeah, he did, and he he really deserved it. I mean, it, it does feel like when he's able to get this kind of extended run, that's when he's been able to show his offensive game. And, like, I think it's been tough for him in these short stints where it's like, again, he's not really having the ball in his hand too much. It's more of Malik or Domas has the ball in his hand when he's on the floor. And so last night he was able to kind of still do that, but he had his moment. He was able to, you know, just by virtue of being on the floor more, get that kind of opportunity. And 
he he's he's been really good i think with just general shot shot selection as well like he's not forcing it in a game like last night where De'Aaron's not playing it's like all right there's 25 points a game that's just not here sounds like a great opportunity for me didn't seem like he at all was trying to get his and and still was just working in the flow of everything he's not forcing it but he's also not just being a spot up shooter right and i think that was something yeah. where we hated to see like where he's just beyond the arc, waiting for someone to drive and kick, It's he's creating. Right. Like that one three from deep where he took that, that step. major step back to make it a three-point opportunity for him. So on top of that, not only was he knocking down his threes, but he's been so explosive with yeah. his handles, right? He's getting a guy to go one way, going down the lane the other. And I think his confidence is at a whole new level right now because Mike Brown has empowered him to do something else. Mm-hmm. But also, with De'Aaron not being out there, he now is starting to understand – we are in this part of the season, and this is what I have to do to stay up and stay on the floor. Here's what Mike Brown had to say after last night's game about Davion's performance. And then, you know, I like, see so you take your hat off to Davion. Davion uh, was really good tonight. <clears throat> Six assists, one turnover. Obviously extremely, extremely, extremely efficient from, from the floor. Three for four from the three-point line. And, uh, I, you know, he made a couple of play calls to get guys in position throughout the course of the night. Uh, which were fantastic. Uh, you know, he, he waved me off a couple of times and and went to who he felt he should have gone to on the floor, and and it was the right call every every single time he did it. And so to see growth in that area tonight was uh, was special because he's got a chance to be a special player in this league. I think Brown saying that goes a long way. One hundred percent. I think. I I mean, Mike Brown is blunt. He will say what he believes. I mean, there's times like he's obviously trying not to say certain things about certain guys when it comes to playing time or whatever, but he's not going to say that unless he believes it. Yeah, and I think it's hard to criticize Davion when you're somebody who sees him every single day. I mean, the guy is notorious for just how hard he works. Yeah. And I'm sure Mike is just so proud to see him put that kind of performance together. I mean, we've all seen how Davion has kind of struggled, especially offensively uh, throughout this season. So I'm sure Mike's just as happy as anybody to see Davion have the kind of game he, he had. And I'm sure even he knows that, you know, Davion's capable of more than what he's shown at points this season. Can that get him going? Off the bench because Fox comes back. Yeah, back to De'Aaron. You know, I think it's tough, man. I think when you're just like when you constantly know that you have to look over your shoulder of like, oh, is is Fox about to check in? Is he at the scores table? And you know, he kind of gets these four to six minute runs, and that's kind of about it. And he maybe gets two of them, maybe, and you know, that's twelve minutes a game. It's just he really just doesn't have the same opportunity that he obviously had last night and I I was I was asking Deuce this last night I was like how does a guy that he hasn't been able to figure out how to be efficient Mm -hmm. in short amount of minutes how does one become efficient in those short amount of minutes like what do you practice is it a mental thing like is it a mentality is it a um something you're doing at practice so like you're staying ready because it's not like he's not warming up before a game and not being ready so I don't know what it is but whatever it is he needs to know yeah. that that could be his role going forward and he needs to be efficient. Yeah, it could potentially be a mentality thing of maybe, you know, just maybe being a little bit more selfish. Yeah. But I think it also is, I mean, at the same time, it's a very delicate line to balance. You know, you, you can't, 
because you know you, what the what you really don't want is in your limited minutes to just kind of be forcing things, and then it's like okay, we put him out there. We don't necessarily, and you know, it's also role as well. Like when he's out there, he's not the primary ball yeah. handler. He's not the primary facilitator. He just kind of has a different role. So I think the only way that I see at this moment, the way that this current team is constructed, I just kind of don't think that it's in his role. All right, we got much more coming up next. Uh, we got to talk some more Kings, of course. I got to do this right. Yep, do it right. AEW star, the future TNT champion. Wait, He's which go- which thing was it? Monster. The Monstar. There we go. Power House Hobbs going to be joining us in bits. Juicy Mohan, Sacktown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Watkins talking about this Kings win last night. Coming up at the top, Powerhouse Hubs from AEW. AEW making their first appearance in Sacramento. It's going to be a fun one. Sacramento's a great wrestling town. I'm telling you, it's great. It's good to have AEW on the West Coast for once. Yes, I had to go all the way back. We went back east to watch it. Yeah, I know. I mean, the commitment was there. So we'll uh, talk to him. It's going to be a lot of fun, and and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, one guy we didn't talk about yet. Who? Can we give some love to Trey Lyles? Oh, I love yes, it. Sir. You know what's funny? He says Trey Lyles, but he's not even talking about the guy that had the trip dub last That's night. That's what I thought he was going to say. I really was like, can we give credit to yeah. the Sabonis? guy who had a triple-double? He does it all the time. No, right? that's, That's exactly what I said. Too. I was like, Sabonis did what he's supposed to exactly. do. Exactly. A triple-double. Uh, like Mike Brown. No, now. he's great. Yes. He's great. But no, I... I I tend to give love to the no, people sure. that, like, show me something for different. For sure. And right. Trey Lyle is coming in. When they traded for him, wait, I'm sorry, they didn't really, he was a part of a trade they <laughs> made. Part of a trade. I don't think anyone thought, okay, he's going to be part of a, a potential playoff rotation for sure. the Sacramento Kings. That's kind of insane that we're talking about that. And he came into um, camp in shape. Yeah. Last night, dude, he was doing everything. He's hitting threes. He's dunking. Give him the uh, ball on the low block. Mm. Double team comms? He's dropping dimes to Metsu. It was beautiful. Yeah. How about that uh, that buzzer beater too? Was that yeah. at the end of the third? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was nice too. I yeah. I, I talked a little bit about Trey on my show, and I I am just I'm trying not to like get too excited about him, but like I really love Trey Lyles' game a lot. Like he just does a little bit of everything, and like especially when his three point shot is falling down, it just feels like. The world is his oyster because then he can yes. go into his little pump fake game and then you don't know what he's going to do. He can blow by you. That's how he got that and one. Um, I think yeah. it's deceptive sometimes. I think people look at him go, right. he can't blow by me. And right. he does. He, I was telling Morgan last night, he was defending Ingram. And I, I was, thought, yeah. if you would have told me that before the game, I'm like, yeah. I don't know Not about great. that. Dude, he's what Morgan's mentioned multiple times is he's a really good team defender, help mm-hmm. defender. And why? Because he's so damn strong, right? He's mm-hmm. so, he has so much strength, you guys. So you talk about the way that he blow, blows by guys. I mean, he can go through guys too, right? He can go into their chest, go right. through them. Um, you talk about the way that he moves laterally. It's like he's put the work into his body to be able to stay out there, stay in shape, stay with so many different guys. And that small ball five position for him, it's really encouraging considering what the Kings have yeah. with their depth at the big. Yeah, give me more of Trey Lyles at the backup five. I, I've, 
I just think he's a perfect fit there. He's still able, you know, again, like the rim protection necessarily might not be there if he's if he's in that as your small ball five, but I just think what he brings on the offensive end, his ability to stretch the floor and still also be a really, really good rebounder as well. Like you're really not losing a lot with him at the five. I think the other thing to mention too, although like, yeah, the rim protection may not be there with yeah. him. He's really good as that low man when he's mm-hmm. got to come over. He seems like he's in the right spots on defensive rotations. He uses his size to his advantage. He gets big. You know, I think he's, he's also played that position probably for his entire life, right? He's probably always kind of been like that bigger, stockier guy who's probably always been that power forward who's kind of well, more of a traditional four. I think someone was asking him about that after the game, about playing small ball five. He's like, I've been a center like my whole life. Because right. I played it a little bit last year. Right. Like, yeah, I'm very comfortable in yeah. that. I can play a couple positions. But he's even keeled. He's tough. He's one of those guys that – doesn't get uh, talked about a lot in Sacramento, right? Because we're always focused on Fox and Sabonis and her. Triple and doubles. Monk. Uh. Well, even exactly. Yeah. Like Malik Monk is our sixth man of the year candidate, rightfully so. He's 45 points. Mm-hmm. The amount of times he's dropped 30 in, in high point totals. But to me, the most consistent, reliable guy on a night-to-night basis is Trey Lyles. Like, yeah. I think you can kind of always pencil Trey in for at least – you got to keep him. Eight and four, you know? You got to keep him, too. Yeah. He's a free agent and after this year. That's a tough year. thing, I know. And I, it's His one, dollar figure will be interesting. <sighs> yeah, because he makes like three this year. He and nothing. He yeah. is one of those guys that is crucial to a winning team. Yeah, for sure. Not only is he crucial to a winning team, you guys, you look at a team that is trying to get into the postseason, look at the adjustments made in the postseason. Look at the adjustments that are made later on in this season. We saw Clippers go small ball the other day. I mean, teams make those adjustments. Go to a zone yesterday. Yeah, dude. It's like it depends on the matchup and you don't want to have to play your bigs off the court yes. and, and not have an answer for right. it. And the Kings have an answer if a team were to pull that kind of small ball mm-hmm. strategy on them. Yeah. Yeah, although you don't want some bonus to be played off the floor. No, but even if, not. even if like he got in foul trouble, like there's just different yeah, yeah. things yeah. that you still can depend. Even though Trey Lyles doesn't have the length necessarily, he has the strength. He's no, he has the discipline to stay vertical. Um, he yeah, he's just he's a solid dude. Did you hear Zach Lowe's comments today? No, I didn't. I did Let me give you. Then I want. I want to just get your I reaction. Like this. this is I like great. This. So I love Zach, Lowe, Zach Lowe. So Zach Lowe, one of good. the best in the business on the. Uh, the podcast was talking about on his podcast the low post was talking about the sacramento kings the kings are number one by a lot in Mm -hmm. points points per possession 25th on defense and there's still reason to think that some of their defense is just bad luck because they don't foul they get every defensive rebound they force a decent amount of turnovers they're allowing a lot of mid-range shots Teams are just making everything from everywhere against them. Now, I think part of that is because they have no rim defense. They're getting smoked at the rim just like they did last year. Some of it with the mid-range jumpers and the threes, they might be a little bit better than 25th on defense. They are – they're not going away, man. They're one wing away from being truly, truly interesting to me as like a potential (laughs) contender. Like I just think (laughs) point guard, center – Offensively, they are massively skilled with oh, Fox. They are, they and are unbelievable. Yeah, and and look, I have personally acknowledged to both Monty McNair and, and and Wes Wilcox that my harsh criticism of what at the time I called the Tyrese Halliburton trade was off. And I, Tyrese Halliburton is exactly who I thought he was, which is one of the rising stars in the NBA. 
but Sabonis is really, really, really good. And I, uh, I just you know, think I think they're going to be a tough out in the in the play. Everyone is just penning them in as the loser well, of the three six series. I think they're going to be a tough out. So there is Zach Lowe man from ESPN talking about the Kings saying they're one wing away from potentially wow. being a contender. Could, who's that wing? Is it on the roster? Or is he already on the roster, Keegan Murray? Oh, oh, I see. You think one wing away from stepping up and or one wing away yeah. from being a tweak in the offseason. That's definitely interesting. First off, I want to say that if I ever don't have any defensive analysis, I'm always just going to fall back on. I think they just got they they are, they're unlucky. They're it's just unlucky. unlucky. Yeah, 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 they just made shots, and like <laughs> I think that they're just unlucky. That's great. Um, yeah, the wing thing is super interesting. I don't disagree. Definitely, like I've I've definitely always been a fan of having a a if you're. I think the small forward position is the most important in basketball in yeah. terms of like if you have an elite small forward you're probably going to be one of the better teams in the league look at you know if you have a Paul George Kawhi LeBron those kind of guys but yeah I think I definitely think I agree like if the Kings could get a six seven six eight guy who can ball handle who can shoot who can you know just do multiple things obviously if they can defend as well it does feel like that definitely takes this team to a different level I don't know if Keegan Murray's that guy but I think he's that, not yet. I think also, though, even if he is, I think you can definitely benefit from having multiple. Sasha Vezinkov, maybe. Sasha Vezinkov. So <laughs> it's not the only thing Zach Lowe said because you're you know talking about contender. That's down the road. What about sure. what about this year, Zach Lowe? What if it shakes out that they hold on to three, or or move up to two, whatever it ends up being? Um, mm-hmm. They draw Minnesota in the first round or Dallas in the first round, a team that like. Everyone thinks I think Dallas has more upside than Sacramento because of Luca right. and the Luca Kyrie combination, but yeah. there's really nothing. They're two and five. We're going to talk about them in a second. They're two and five together. There's nothing that really suggests that they should be like favorites over the Kings. Minnesota should not be favorites over the Kings. Yeah. We'll see when Cat comes back. But like that's a winnable series. Okay, let's say they win that series. Let's say they stick it. They get the draw breaks for them. They win. Then it's. Two three against the Grizzlies with no Brandon Clark and let's even assume Jaws back. Like, or what? or or you might be looking at one of those teams in the second round instead. Like, just look, I'm not going to sit here and t- like the Grizzlies. Obviously, we've just talked about a lot. There's more question marks around the Grizzlies than any team that's uh, you know uh, going to have home court advantage in the first round. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. By far, the, the King. It's there is a semi reasonable world where we wake up and the Kings are in the conference finals. I'm not. I wouldn't pick it. It's going to depend a yeah. lot about who their first round opponent is out of these teams. Because if it's Clippers, Warriors, whatever, I think they're in for an uphill battle. But if it breaks you know, right Kings, for them, they're they're good. Has I'll Zach cry. Lowe been kidnapped? I cannot believe yeah. that that is <sighs> Zach Lowe. That's Zach Lowe. The yes. basketball yep. mind. Sorry, Deuce. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The national basketball mind. National yeah. basketball <laughs> mind. There you go. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot to dissect, right? That's crazy. That's a lot. We're going to talk a lot about it coming up on the show today. But, uh, yeah, I, I was curious to get your instant reaction. That's, I love that's it. That's exactly what I expected. Shock. That's a, yeah, yes. That, that's a lot. I mean, and I really – I don't disagree with much of anything that he said, I think – He's completely right in saying, like, yeah, if the Kings match up, I don't know about the Timberwolves. Timberwolves do make me nervous. I think that they're a different team with Mike Conley, especially in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go against Dallas, I'll take that matchup every day of the week. I think that the Kings are 
they're pretty much the same team, right? They're both bad defenses, good offenses, but the Kings have a better offense. I think I'm willing to take the risk that, sure, maybe Luka's the best player, but again, mm. maybe De'Aaron could be number two, Domas could be four, and the rest of the starting lineup can be right after that. It just it feels like that would probably be the Kings' best matchup. Well, Chris, appreciate you hanging out with us again. Yes. We'll do this again tomorrow. Do You're going to be live 10 to 11, Chris yep. and Co. Thanks for hanging out, man. Yes, absolutely. I think I'm actually going to have Co on with me tomorrow. So if, I believe Frankie, if he's feeling okay. better tomorrow, will yeah, be joining. Well, if he's a little oh, better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <gasps> Frankie uh, the Frog. All right, coming up next, we switch gears. I'm super excited about this. AEW coming to town for Dynamite and Rampage Let's on Wednesday. And how about Powerhouse Hobbs in the building? He is going to be fighting for the TNT Championship. We'll talk to him about his journey to AEW. It's a great story. Can't wait to talk to him. It's coming up next on Sackdown Sports. Let's go. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and you guys know I'm a wrestling nerd. Can you do the snarl? Oh, I don't know. I can't. put you on blast. Try I, the snarl. I, 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 so he awkward. can't even whistle, dude. I can't yeah. whistle. I can't whistle. I can't snap. <laughs> he can't snap. I can't snap. Uh, super excited to be joined in studio because AEW is coming to Sacramento tomorrow night, Golden One Center, for Dynamite's Powerhouse Hobbs in mm. studio with us. He's got a big match. He's got to win the uh, TNT Championship tomorrow night. Yeah. Huge against, match against War. Or like War Puppy or War this guy, I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's like he a temporary. He's, he's just holding the belt for powerhouse for Hobbs. three days. Yeah, yep. seventy-two hours. It's cool. I got his moment on pay-per-view. I mean, that's cool. I have my moment too. Yeah, you, did you see my suite? Yes, your suite was nice up it there, was, man. It was. Yeah, you got a nice view at Chase Center. Uh, appreciate you joining us in studio, man. You've been hanging out. You got here super early. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm um, excited, dude. What a journey for you, man. Bay yeah. Area, and I imagine this weekend had to have been a lot for you because we were just talking. A little bit ago, you grew up right near the Cow Palace, mm-hmm. and then here you are performing at the Cow Palace. Like, yes. dude, had, was that it's, surreal? It's, it's so much history in my family with the Cow Palace. Just from my, my grandparents, I think it was nineteen sixty one or sixty two. They oh. they moved from a small town in, in Mississippi, which is like Jasper County, Holliburg, Mississippi. Right, so they moved. Oh. They took a Greyhound bus all the way to San Francisco. Wow. Found an apartment above a liquor store, which is still there. And I heard stories about Ray Stevens, Pepper Gomez, The Rock's grandfather, High Chief Peter Mavia, Kenji Shibuya, the great Mephisto. I, uh, wrestling was always in my household. They even saw Frank Sinatra, Elvis, the Jackson 5. They told me a story about Marvin Gaye stopping a riot at the Cow Palace. So it's, Dude. And then when I was younger, just going to shows constantly every time. It was in town. So they, your grandparents mm-hmm. got you into wrestling. It's, it's, um. Well, it, it started with my grandparents and it went to my dad, my cousins, my aunts and uncles. Okay. And by the time I popped up. Wow. It was already on, so. That's, it's, it's really, I love hearing. Okay, so for, I always tell people this on air, like, I am a wrestling fan. I always consider myself a cash just because like, I feel like hardcore, they -hmm. understand every single indie guy out there, every single, you know, every single, yes. And that's why I don't want to ever disrespect, you know, wrestling fans when they ask me a question, I don't know something. So I say, Hey, I'm a cash. Don't ask me. Um, but you know, I know with these two, Chris and Deuce, like huge wrestling fans. And I know for Deuce, it was, you know, really his grandparents and his family that helped him 
get into wrestling growing up and hearing what it had done for him as a child um, and his confidence was really cool to hear. What did wrestling do for you as it a young was, guy? For me, it was just about my family. It was just about bonding because at times there was, I think, maybe nine, ten or eleven of us in a two-bedroom house. So that that was our thing yeah. growing up, wrestling, Saturdays, Mondays, Thursday, Fridays, whenever it was on, we would all watch. We all go in the living room or go just all huddle up in my grandparents' room wow. and watch it. So for me personally, a lot of my friends grew up loving football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I, I love those sports, but I knew at a young age I wanted to be a wrestler. And there were times I got made fun of it or got beat up for it. But, you know, look, look at me now. Yeah. You know, I'm... I mean, I wouldn't close, mess close, with close you. Close to 270 yeah. pounds. So it's, <laughs> You're a big you know, I'm, you know, so, but I, I just knew at a young age that this is what I wanted to do for me. Personally, when I felt that I was being picked on or whatever, I would sometimes walk down the hallway humming Stone Cold Steve Austin's music yes. in my head, you know? Hell yeah. You know, dude. so it's, it's, it's a big part of my life. Yeah, it was weird for me growing up. Like, I don't know what it was. I... My my dad was pretty much in prison most of my life, and wrestling was just like these guys were like heroes to me. Mm-hmm. Like it was just these like male figures for me yeah. that you looked up to, and you just saw how confident they were. I yeah. mean, obviously how ripped they were when they were on the mic. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to be that. I want to grab this mic and talk. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just so cool, and it's weird how you know as a kid you're super into it. I kind of went away for a little bit in high school, then came back, and you're like. Here I am as this adult guy, and I'm yeah, just like, it, love I it. love what it it's about. You know what I love mean? It. I just love the storylines, how much all of you guys put into it, just yeah. from the work ethic to respecting the craft. It's just an amazing business. It is, and it's, it's one of the things I don't think a lot of a lot of fans out there or a lot of people who are not fond of wrestling appreciate it. Because, I mean, I, I, t- I tell you, all of us wake up every morning in some type of pain and you just got to mm. deal with it. That's yeah. just about being in front of a crowd and telling a story and having people look up to you, kids. Like when, whenever I go to my barbershop in Hayward yeah. or whenever I'm walking around in the hood, people come up to me. I, I, I love it. Like if they tell me you're doing it for us. I, I absolutely oh, love it. That's that. Okay. What was uh, one of the things that kept you going when you had Maybe doubters or even, I don't know, were there ever family members that even were like, hey, maybe you should try this instead. What Mm. kept you going through? Because that's that's difficult even when you have doubters of of loved ones, people that love you that just are like, but we want you to succeed. My own father didn't want me to wrestle, Mm. you know, so and it was he's like, man, you're too small to do that. And looking at him now and I'm like, what? So. You know, you want to brag about me now, but that, that's a different story for a different time. But I've had a lot of family members, friends, coworkers doubt me. So it's it's. I like to say I've been doubted at a young age, so I'm I'm used to it. But what kept you going? Because I mean, it's just, not just like knowing, the pay just, is great when just, you're just knowing I would make it. Yeah, I, I did have. Yes. I did listen to some people and have those doubts in my mind, but yeah. I'm like, well, I'm good at what I do, and and eventually will pay off, and. I have three children that look up to me. Mm. So it's like, do I really want to quit? Do I really want them to see their dad, you know, being a quitter? No, we don't do that. <laughs> you got better we, yourself, We don't do too. that. We, yeah, you have to. We don't do that. Where, where I'm from, in East Palo Alto, we, we, don't, we don't do that. Even when I'm, like, was going back and forth to East Palo Alto, Oakland, like, we, we don't. 
We don't quit. You know, I think Californians have a different type of swag than, than other people. Keep don't get going. me wrong about people in other states or other cities, but, you know, I, sure. I rep where I'm from, and I, yeah. just, I just think we have a, a different ability. When you were growing up, who who were the wrestlers that you like connected with? You mentioned Stone Cold. Were there other guys that you really just connected with when you watched? Yeah, I, I loved Harlem Heat growing up. Oh, I loved Ron dude. Simmons. I loved The Rock. Um, I loved Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I, I loved Ravish and Rick Rude. <laughs> I met Mr. Perfect uh, at a WWF show a long time ago. It was at Arco Arena, and he was doing like an autograph signing. That's I was five years Arco. old. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, he... he he was signing autographs. I'll never forget it because he shook my hand. I was five years old. He squeezed my <laughs> hand so hard. I'll never forget it. He was it, setting dude. you up, man. You got a, a, a firm handshake means yeah. a lot. You can read a lot. Yeah, dude. He was like, I'm like, God damn. Okay, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to put him on blast. I'm going to put daddy ass. Ooh. We have a photo of Billy Gunn holding me when I was about four years old at the Cow Palace. No, I, I still have to show him this picture, but it's just man, that is amazing. It's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, his resurgence has been pretty interesting, right? Yeah, like, but, I don't know what it is about that man that he just like gets better with time. How wild is that, right? When you do, because I, I remember when I first was really getting back into wrestling, even in 2012, and then seeing some of the older wrestlers mm-hmm. get back out there. And then in AEW, too, it was the same thing. I was judging hard because I was like, no, let these young guys find their path. Like, put them, put them above, put them above. But I understand the veteran presence yeah, you, and you what gotta, it can do. I, I was taught as a young child, you got to shut up and listen. And obviously, they have been where I want to go. Yeah. Like, there was a pay-per-view at the Cow Palace in, in 98. You know, my grandma got tickets and for us and. We went all the way from the top down by the barricade down the walkway. And wow. I slapped Chris Jericho and he yelled at me, shut up. And I'm, <laughs> you know, so it's like, man, I'm, uh, I'm learning from this dude. He's yeah. helping me out, yeah. you know, and I, I work with him. You know, I'll text him and he will respond back. And I'm like, smile on my face Aww. like, damn, okay. So, dude. yeah. And talk about a guy that's seen, seen literally everything. done everything. Everything, man. And like his evolution. I mean, there were times, I remember when he came back to WWE, uh, before he started, like, kind of connected with Kevin Owens. I was like, God, I'm just kind of tired of Jericho. But then right when you get tired of him, he flips into something else. Yep. And you're like, oh, my. He just continues right. to evolve He has that ability, game. man. He's great. Damn, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for, you mentioned Farouk, The Rock, Nation of Domination. I, oh, I, man, I, they got me in trouble. <laughs> Nation and DX as a kid. At DX. school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I mean, he was saying the same thing, like what he would used to go around school as like a Everyone sixth grader and do yeah. it. We, we had our own little cliques in school. Oh, my so. God. Let's meet in the bathroom and duke it out. And it's like, okay. So it was, yeah. <laughs> I've been suspended enough because of wrestling. Yeah. But look how much joy it's brought you. Chris, sorry. You're over here. Want to talk too? My bad. Chris. Oh, well, I mean, it's great. That- talk to me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you were wrestling all up around Northern California, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, it was so dope seeing you win the ladder match. I like, appreciate. Oh that. man, he did it! Is it one of those things of just like, how awesome is this? Like, you were probably wrestling in front of twenty, thirty people. Mm-hmm. I've wrestled in front of five people. Five people, <laughs> and now, like, you did some stuff in like Yuba City and stuff like that. Yuba, 
I drive. Yuba City, <laughs> Woodland. And then oh you're lifting gosh. the brass ring yes. over there. That was so dope. It, I, it was, it was, that's definitely a moment that I'll, I'll remember forever. What's great, yeah. I was I was telling my friend the, uh, when I, I went to the show on Sunday, is the two biggest pops were the acclaimed, which are like the biggest yeah. thing ever. And then when everyone saw you in your suite, like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. It's the bay, baby. I'm telling you, man. Why don't you we... bring the ring in, man? I thought you were going to bring the brass ring in. <laughs> <laughs> that have been dope. So, did you, did you watch the media scrum? I didn't see yours after I'd be honest. I was there. No, I know. So, I heard you went. Yeah, he was actually there. Did you see it? You came oh, yeah. in. Yeah, I, I had a question. I did. I actually had two questions for Warlow. I didn't get an answer, so I left him a gift. Ooh. This, this, Interesting. this brass okay, ring. Man. All right. Okay. I, I, I no longer need it. Damn. Tomorrow night. Damn, I'm so Take excited. It was mine. I love I'm it. So, okay, really. You guys, Chris just talking about, you know, wrestling in front of five people, 30 people, and then like where you're at now. This is kind of geared toward actually Chris and Deuce. Yeah. When you guys see wrestlers like Will Hobbs and you see where they started to where they're at, is there something even more special about watching them succeed? Oh, I think when you see the growth, like I remember when you first showed up on Dynamite and like, I, I didn't know who you were. You know, and that was during the pandemic, right? It's that there was, was that, that was just, a great time. Yeah, but I rem- I mean, they put you over on yeah. on the broadcast that night. I was like, oh, this guy is a freak. Mm-hmm. And like, so to see where you've come from, that you know, and it's ups and downs, of course, with oh, anything. Yeah. But to see where you are now, it's, it it is cool. It's good because it feels like we've been we're invested yes. in your journey, and I think fans connect with that, right, Chris? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know that you wrestled at SPW here in Sacramento. Yeah, oh, my man knows his research, his yeah. history. It's oh, even better because, like, we saw you. Like, this is our guy making it to the big league. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. I don't know how many times I wrestled for SPW out here. It was, and I don't think <laughs> people just... realize like how good of an indie scene like Northern California has. Yeah, a lot. SPW, I mean, SPW. A... Hood Slam is like huge now. Yeah. A lot of people have been been to the Bay Area, been through the Bay Area at a time. You know, there's a thing called the King of Indies. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, oh, and yeah. I, and I work with some of those guys that were, were in that big show. So, Dude, it's wild. It's it's crazy, too, to just see the evolution of wrestling, too. And now we're to the point where, like, all elite wrestling is here, and it's legit man it's taking it's, over man it's, it's a different feel different yeah. vibe man. anyone coming out to the show tonight or tomorrow night excuse me is gonna see well see it re- what we do it reignited my passion for wrestling to be honest Great. like um just see, it it became like must watch again yeah. you know and it's just been cool to see new faces like yourself and you know even established names do different things and mm-hmm. get more opportunity and it's cool i mean i think the one thing would it'd be nice to get more hours for all you guys to yeah. to be able to show off what you can do, but yeah, dude, it is. But it you, is so you, fun. I, I hear people complain about that and talk about that, but even if you got a a minute, you got to take advantage of it mm. every single time you're on TV. Yeah, you know, it's like anyone that's playing football or any type of sport, you make the most of your minutes. Yeah, you you go 100 percent and make the most of it. Does that uh, cause a lot of pressure? Like on yourself? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. It's just whatever I get, I have to make the most of it. I know it. Yeah. So it's, you know, gonna 
you, <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but you you, you got to make the most of it. It's yeah. like, okay, here, here's a minute. Go do something. I mean, you're perform. You know, that's what, for anyone that is. We're, we're professionals, right? So you gotta, you gotta be on. And and it's a live performance, and that's the thing I always tell people that don't understand wrestling. I go, it's like going to a Broadway play, except without singing for the most part. You know, there's well, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. There's th- these are athletes doing a live sometimes improv, you know, mm-hmm. kind of felt out performance on the mic. You're hearing people talk while you're seeing action going on top rope, jumping off flips, throwing people down. And it's like, I I can't imagine what that can feel like. But also, like you're saying, in those minutes that you have, that you have to perform at a high level and messing up, you know, and now with the cameras that we have watching at home, oh, it's yeah, like it you everything. see everything. You see everything. That's why only a select few do what we do. Mm. Yeah. When I started training, there were 25 people in my class, and it trickled down to two. Whoa. So th- this this ain't for everybody. Well, yeah. is, that, is that person still in wrestling? or? Yes, he is. Ooh. Who is it? Um, Great question. He, he's still, he's still uh, on the local scene. Okay. Uh, Jack Banning. Okay. Drugs Bunny. Yeah. Oh, oh, we- <laughs> oh yeah, dude. So I didn't know what Hood Slam I was years ago. This must have been, like, what, Chris, like six years ago? It's been a while, and I, someone told me about going to this show, and I was like, what the hell did I walk into? Drugs Bunny. I'll never forget Drugs Bunny, dude. One, one of the greatest things. That that experience for me, experience, yeah. like with indie wrestling, um, I gained even a new appreciation for wrestling as a whole because I had been to you know some big shows. I've sat in some pretty great seats, and then just standing up at a little venue watching these people perform – so intimately um uh, yeah it's just it's special yeah it is so you said you want to be a wrestler at a young age you just knew but it's one thing to like want to i wanted to be at one point all right i mean <laughs> now i'm here talking on a radio show but um which you love yeah most of the time yeah. Well, no, no, I, I mean, you, I you got a great, you got a great partner right no, here. No, no, we kidding, we do a lot of things together. We do TV together. We podcast together. So we have so many different like. I spend way too much time with yeah. her. Right? Yeah. It's just. It's true. No. Um. No. In all seriousness, so like, it's one thing to like want to do it, but then you have to go do it. Yeah. When did you start training? When like when were you like all right now oh, like man. how does that even start? How does someone go all right? I want to be a wrestler. So there was um, you guys remember you ever seen the movie Beyond the Mat? Yes, I have. No. So. I trained at APW. Okay. Do you remember the scene where the fan had spit on the wrestler and the wrestler was trying to throw him off the balcony? Yes. <laughs> God, I haven't seen it in years. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Chris, how I many times do you watch Beyond the Mat? Be honest. Uh, <laughs> Probably 15 to 20 times. <laughs> See, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no there's nothing wrong with it. That. That's where I trained. Yeah. Um, learning how to put the ring together. Mm. Going to show, setting up. The rings, the chairs, lighting, man, breaking everything down, loading up a truck, driving eight, nine, ten hours oh to a show, and, and not even wrestling, not even getting a thank you. This, this Whoa. is paying your dues, you know. And then you have to go still train like during oh, the yeah, week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday through Friday, you, st- you still got to go train. What bust, a busting your ass. So then, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself since being with AEW? I'm patient. Mm. Um, that I actually love what I do. This is like I, I love that. Kind of becoming, I've become obsessed with this. Oh, 
and just just knowing my ability, knowing how I can perform, knowing what I can do to make people boo me, cheer me. You know, so I've, I've learned I've learned a whole lot about myself. Do you, do you watch a lot of other like old matches? Yes. Do you, okay, yeah, because yes. yes. I I don't know how you feel. I, Wrestling I, business is so weird, so I always am careful with who I bring up, but. I'm a big FTR fan. Chris doesn't like FTR. I like FTR. Hey. And like, All right, I like FTR. But um, <laughs> they, you know, they're, they're so obsessed with Bret Hart. I mean, they talk about him all the time. But they study a lot. They're always watching yeah. old I stuff. I mean, there, there's guys that a lot of our vets that I, I hit up, you know, like Dean Malenko, yeah. Billy Gunn, Chris Jericho, Arn Anderson, you know. I had a lot of our agents I hit up, you know, Pat Buck, Sanjay Dutt. You know, I you know, I asked these guys for advice, like, what should I do? What should I be looking for? How can I switch this? How can I change that? You know, so it, it's, I have so much, I have everything I need in the palm of my hand. Yeah. And it's up to me just to, to capitalize on it. Because I don't, I'm, I'm not satisfied where I am. Wow. I'm not. Like, my goal for me is to become the first African-American world champion in AEW. That, that's a goal I've had since the day I inked my name on that piece of paper. You know, oh, yeah. I, I've, I've dreamt about it <laughs> as a kid being a world champion, you know, and I, I have people looking up to me, yes. you know, and it's, it's something that I want to accomplish and I, and I have to get better. You know, I have to do it for me. I have to do it for my family, you know? So it's, it's something that I've been becoming obsessed with. Why is that so important to you? Cause it's, it's, it's my dream, you know, you know, I've, I've had, signings where people have came up to me and told me how much I motivate them. We know wow. what I've done for them. And I'm like me. And I, I, I did that for in you. representation matters. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I love it. Like, I, 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 I go to the hood constantly. I, I stay there, you know, it's, and just having not only African Americans, African Americans, excuse me, come up to me and all, all type of ethnicity and races come up to me and tell you, Thank you. Mm. This is what you've done for me. And wow. all last week when we were in San Francisco, I had people telling me, "Thank you for repping the Bay." Yeah. That that like, that that meant so much to me. I'm like me from a little two square mile city in, in East Palo Alto. Yeah, that, that man. So. See, and that's why it's so cool too that yep. AEW's coming over oh, yeah. to the it, West Coast, yeah. especially Tony Khan. Tony Khan knows his wrestling history. Yeah. Like I can ask him something, he can give me the date, whatever the location was. <laughs> He's got and, and he know and he knows about the Cow Palace. Like we've had conversations, and the fact that this guy gave me a chance when no other company would. It's it's my duty not only to not let down myself, but not let him let him down because I've he's put me in some high profile spots. Yeah, and I you know I'm a I'm a baseball fan. I just I'm not going to curse, but I, I knocked I knocked it out the park. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just and I, I keep telling man, give, give me more. Ugh. I love that, dude. Uh, we need to take a break on the radio side. Yeah. Do you want to hang out for a little bit yeah, longer? Do you need to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we're we're hanging out with Powerhouse Hobbs, AEW coming to Sacramento tomorrow night. I can't wait for it. Chris is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Morgan's not new TNT champ. The new TNT hey! champ. Tony, right now, it's not a prediction, right? It's, a- it's in the book of Hobbs. It's already written. It's done. Oh. It's written. It's done. Let's go. We'll talk yeah. more with Powerhouse Hobbs coming up next. This is my song. 
Man, you must have been studying me. Uh, Man. I know this. Yeah, this is, he plays this all the time. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, we're hanging out with Powerhouse Hobbs from AEW in town. Tomorrow night, AEW Dynamite. Yes, sir. It's going to be fun at Golden One Center. Oh, yeah. Sacramento needed an AEW show. It's been a minute. It's a great wrestling game. It is. It is. You think of all the, the past events here, like big shows, it's... Long overdue? Long overdue. There we go. Way overdue. Yeah. The Macho Man proposed to Miss Elizabeth here in Sacramento. At our Was that here? Yeah. yeah. Man. See, I'm yeah. telling you. No, he's wild. Man. Like. Knows it all. You don't have, have to kick it, bro. <laughs> the Royal Rumble was here too, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Yokozuna. <laughs> what year? Oh, 93. My man. Oh, Damn. my God, Chris. And do you see why I call myself a casual? Like, that is, this is why I just, I never want to disrespect the real fans. So, um, something we were talking about a little bit at the break, you were bringing up the Sacramento Kings. But you also brought up the Los Angeles Lakers. You yeah. said underrated. I don't think enough people talk about that rivalry. Ooh, dude. Because man, you had Jason Williams. Yeah. Um, Chris Webber. Yeah. You had um, Doug Christie. Oh yeah, Doug man. You know. Peja. Peja Stoyakovich. It's funny you say you say like in Sacramento. Oh, in Sacramento we talk about it all the time because they haven't made the playoffs in six. And it years, was so. all we talked about yeah. for yeah. so long. But like you're like everywhere else though, it's like I think people try to forget it because you know there was obviously issues with officiating and people were like well and the pain just the pain of losing and the that pain that's yeah. everywhere that's yeah. everywhere for sure that's everywhere do you remember sure. the Doug Christie punch to Rick Fox yes yeah. yes man I, I remember I mean, man I would sit and watch those games with my brother and my grandfather just man were you always a basketball fan too then yeah okay yeah cool so it was so there used to be this thing called um in East Palo Alto, uh, what was it called? I think it was like Friday Night Hoops or something. Or uh, That may be the wrong name. I'm sure I'm going to get called out on it on Twitter. <laughs> but um, I remember Gary Payton would come down and, and hoop there. Because, you know, GP's from yeah. Oakland. Yeah. So he would come out and hoop there. I remember seeing Chris Mullen there a few times. So it's a lot of a lot of rec ball. Did you ever go to, there. like, Pro-Am League and uh, Kizar – Pavilion or anything? Did you ever no, go? Okay. You said you grew up a Spurs fan, though. Yes. That's you said that with some bass in your voice. Yeah. me over. Oh no, man. I'm cool with the Spurs. It's just interesting. I was because when you were chilling here for before you joined us, I was going to start like talking smack about the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Man, see if I can kind of poke round, him a little bit. Let's get him Which going. Is Let's really see if he stands stupid, up. Yeah. I know, but I just want to poke the bear a little uh-huh. bit. But. Then you're like, oh, I'm a Spurs fan. It just yeah. surprised me. What, so, why, why is that? The first jersey I ever received was from my older brother. You know, it was a David Robinson jersey. He was a George Gervin fan. Ooh, ice man. Yes, yeah. master of the finger roll. Yeah. Um, and David Robinson. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm sticking with it. And then I remember they, they got Rodman, Duncan, mm. you know, Bruce Bowens. How fun. Yeah. And, you know, so it's fun basketball, right? Yeah. I I like it. It's fundamental. And yes. Everybody's oh, Duncan doesn't smile. He's so boring. Love Look, it. I remember seeing a, a perfect bounce pass from Tony Parker to and, um, Ginobili was cutting. It was just a perfect bounce pass right to his hands. Finger roll, boom. Yeah. That don't, stuff don't, gets don't, us. Don't need nothing flashy. Yep. You know. It's like stick to the basics, and sometimes the basics, the fundamentals. I mean, that's 
what will ultimately help you win. Yeah, it gets you there. You look at Tim Duncan, any any shot he shot off the glass, he knew what spot to hit. That yeah. the square back of the corner, he knows what to hit. Yep. You know what? Winning is sexy. And he won. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people want to talk about, oh, it's not flashy. It's like, well, I, you know what's flashy? The rings you wear in yeah. your hand. So, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. The guy is one of the greats of all time. So Absolutely. Are, are you a big Greg Popovich fan? Yes. So I actually played, um, when I was hooping, I played um, every Saturday morning, I played a little rec ball with Pop's nephew. Stop it. Yeah, we would play, play at Stanford University. Oh, that's uh, so yeah. cool. Just pick up games, though. So. Oh, that is so cool. I just love anyone that has even a connection with Greg yeah. Popovich. He's, he's one of my all-time oh, yeah. favorite coaches yep. in all sports ever. I mean, not only for everything that he like has done on the court, but just everything he stands for off the court. I just think it's so important with the platform that he has that he's been able to capitalize on it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm going to say another guy who's from the Bay, Jason Kidd, is probably yeah. kicking himself in the ass for not going to the Spurs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. He was close. Yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I think it was a Tony Parker for Jason Kidd trade that could have yeah, happened. yeah. But we ain't complaining. Yeah. We're not complaining. You, you know, you mentioned during during the break your brother and, like, the tragedy you went through mm-hmm. where your your brother was shot and killed. Yeah. And you got shot in that, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, how, how, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you overcome that, that type of loss? And I'm sure it's still it's, something you feel to this day. I overcame. Well, I've been through a lot of losses in my life. So, brother, uh, my mother, uh, almost two years ago. Um, grandparents who mm-hmm. raised me, cousins, aunts, uncles. My my family was extremely close. So my, if you look at my my, my grandparents' house was an, on a corner, and then the next block over was my aunt's house. You know, and and I would just go back and forth. You know, daily if I got in trouble at my grandparents' house, <laughs> I go to my aunt's house yeah. thinking I wouldn't. You know, nobody knows. Yeah. She would know it, and I can get a, a, a butt whooping from her, and then go back home and go get a butt whooping from my grandma because you know I told on her. So, my family was extremely close. My grandparents, their siblings moved. Once my gra- my grandparents were the first to move from Mississippi out to the Bay Area, then everyone else followed them. So we were just extremely close, you know. Um, not as close as we are now because, you know, everyone's – a lot of people have passed away and we're yeah. trying to get everything back. But it's – I mean, life and kids yes, too, all of it. Definitely. You know, and for me, I'm I'm a big, big advocate on um, talking to a third party, getting help. So, you know, That's, I, I do that. You know, so Mental health's big, man. Yeah. You know, we always talk about working out physically, but mentally it's, it's – your, your, your brain's a muscle brain. too. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's probably what's helped you process some of it is it is. But I get some of that emotion when I'm in the ring. Mm. You know, I I, I, sometimes it it comes back, and I'm and I'm pretty sure a lot of it's going to come back tomorrow night in Swarlow. So I I got a lot of a lot of things built up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to be hurting, but he's going to be hurting worse, and I'm going to walk out with his title. That just pumped me up. I mean, I'm, I'm sure? going to go run through a wall for you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I know a lot about Warlow. He knows a lot about my life, and I know about his life, and it's just, it's it's not going to be something flashy. It's going to be two big bulls fighting. Mm. Like, man, I, I, plan up, I plan on messing up the whole arena. Like, well, you're going to mess up Golden 1 Center. 
Somebody's gonna clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's, it's going to be a fight. I mean, the uh, the first time Warlow and I stood toe to toe was in the Battle Royal. It was December twenty first. You remember that day? I got it on my Instagram, bro. Oh. I, I got it on the inst- my Instagram. As soon as we made eye contact, we heard that roar, and you know, unfortunately, it you know everyone jumped us. Yeah. But, you know, it's been brewing. It it has. I'm to so homegrown talent, like it, it has. How do you prepare the day of a show and of obviously such a big match, mm-hmm. uh, like tomorrow night at Golden One Center? Um, because I mean, we almost were going to have you on during the day tomorrow, and they're like, "Oh, it's close to showtime," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, like these guys, they're athletes. Like they need to get focused here, everything." So, how do you prepare? I've been preparing since. Since last Wednesday when I won that ladder match, you know, I, I have my routines that I, I don't talk about, which just I, I keep to myself. And when and when it's go, it's it's go time. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. We got to take one more break. We're going to come back with him for one sec- more segment. Powerhouse Hobbs, a TNT championship yeah. against Wardlow tomorrow. We're going to have a new champion. I know. I know. I'm gonna be there to do see you. Feel it. it? Do you actually? Do you, do oh no, you, no, no, no! Like you, you got like feel it. I am so inspired <laughs> and amped right now. Like, what? We, let's go do something. <laughs> like, I want to go do, do we something. We got anybody right? here? We can throw around. Yes, actually, I'll, Nate. Power bomb through this table. Mojo in the chat. Mojo in the chat is kind of. He doesn't think the title's changing hands. Well, why fast. doesn't he think that? Uh, he says, uh, well, Wardlow just won the title in San Francisco, right? Seems doubtful it would change hands so quickly. Uh, do you understand? He doesn't know who I am. Thank mm. you. Mm. He doesn't know. Get I him. don't need to be his advocate. No. He doesn't know. Proceed. Yeah. But, you know. We, we, we got to take one more break. It's <laughs> Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Morgan Reagan. We were just talking during the break. The show is always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Hanging out with Powerhouse Hobbs from All Elite Wrestling there in town tomorrow night. Golden One Center for AEW Dynamite. Get your tickets, by the way. GoldenOneCenter.com slash events. You can get your tickets. Watch, watch me make history. He's going yes. to make history. He's becoming the new TNT champion. Yeah. I can't wait for it, man. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. I appreciate you, by the way, hanging out this long. This yeah. is fun. This is I'm I'm with right. it. I, no, this is true. Like I, I mean, I know we were supposed to have you on for like 25 minutes, and then it just thank you for being willing no, and wanting fun. to thank chill. You guys. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be here next week. Did you um, did you actually uh, get a workout in today? No, I'm going to after yeah, this. Yeah. I, a, I got my uh, my pre workout meal in my car. What's a pre workout meal? So I got uh, my protein shake. I got some Gerber baby rice. You're look, looking at yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. like squeezable or like no, out of a bowl it's, thing no, no. So I, jar? Uh, it's in like a little plastic container. And it actually what? is rice. Gerber it's baby what? Rice? Baby food. Why, look this why do you eat baby? Because food? it's a quick absorbing carb. Whoa. Gerber baby That's rice. A secret. Are you? Is it like all those like the glass ones? Like those little tiny That's glass ones? Yeah, picturing a little plastic thing like this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I, I yeah, got, yeah. I got a measure. You know, pour oh. it in, shake it up, so, shake it up. Dude, that's what I'm always curious with you guys. Who are, you're on the road a lot. Yes. Trying to like stay in shape, oh and I know God. there are times. Sometimes I, I, you. you I know this is messed up. You see, you see this though with wrestlers, where it's like, hey, there's sometimes you can tell, man, this guy might not be working out the same because it's weight. been busy schedule or up and down or oh my god, this guy is 
in shape. Coming from like, unhealthy people, by the yeah. way. Have you? <laughs> I just don't know how you guys even balance that on it's the your, road. I tell people there's no excuse because it's your job. That's true. That is true. It's your job. Yeah. And it's just and it's tough finding that that willpower when you're traveling. That's what I'm saying. It is. That's why everything is so different from what it was back in the day. You can have, you know, meals already made and shipped to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get you a a Yeti or something, pack your pack your meals and all you gotta do is find a microwave or if not, be gangster and eat it cold like I do sometimes. (laughs) It's it's all right. It all goes the same place, it digests the same way. So you know, there's I I don't think there's an excuse. You know, occasionally, you know, I'm, I'll fall off the wagon and eat something I shouldn't. But yeah. we're human. Just yeah, it's, it's your job to, to look the part. And man, is so when you go to the gym later, too, like how long do you go for? Um, I'll probably be there about two hours. <laughs> two hours. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> so. Insane. I mean, you're you're going every day, pretty much. You're working out pretty much every day. Yeah. What are there? Are there rest days? There is. There's, there's a couple in there. Okay. You know, some days. Active rest kind of thing. Some days are just maybe just sitting in a sauna. Yeah. You know, going to cryotherapy, um, getting a, a sports massage. You know, some okay. days are just. Taking know, care of yourself. Heavy. Um, excuse me. Heavy hitting the weights. Yeah. Light weights. You know, so. You're taking on a Wardlow on Wednesday, but you've had some big matches in AEW. Are there. Is there? Do you have any like dream opponents? I know you probably get to ask that a lot. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be AEW; it could be anywhere. But like, do you have any dream opponents that you're thinking about? Mox. Oh. Yeah. Why? Why? Mox can fight. I like to fight. There'd be blood there's, everywhere. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> You cannot do not make fun of Moxie hey, for getting busted hey, he's open. He's not coming in here. I <laughs> Every <laughs> single match, I would I would definitely bust him open. Yes, yes. it's just, it's, just the, it's about seeing someone's own blood and smelling it. Oh God, God. is that is it like honestly? It doesn't gross I you out a little. To you. I wouldn't lie to you. Okay, it no. doesn't gross you out. No, when, oh. you, when you hit someone and you oh. see them bleeding, that. Man. Oh, barf. I'd barf everywhere It's just in like, ring. okay, like, for me personally, it's like when I wrestled um, uh, Hangman Page. Yeah. When I wrestled him in Daily yeah. Space, you know, and his head got busted open. I'm like, I'm actually licking my lips yeah. and smiling because I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm enjoying watching this blood pour out of his head. That is, you know, uh, <laughs> what? I I don't know. There's just something. I mean, I don't do well with blood or like needles or whatever because I guess I'm kind of wimpy in that sense. But like someone else's blood being like touching me with sweat and everything. I guess you're just feeling the you're not the meant momentum. For this business, no, no, the like adrenaline. Me? I might be meant for this. No you way, might. dude. I you can't be. even take a. But I wish we had a chair and you could take like. Okay. I wish Will could if do I were to do to it all over again. If I were to restart life, I would have just I would have tried to be a wrestler because I, I just want to I want to be a part of the business. You but know I what? Can't now it's he, too late. He has some he has some pretty dope promos and is pretty good <laughs> on the mic at times. Sure. No, no, you are. I'll, so I'll give you. You got you to put him on the show. Like yeah, put it out oh, there. Oh, he does. Oh, I put my he does on our podcast all the time. Like he starts out with just like some sort of promo. He has a fog machine that'll put in his face, and he's yeah, you just said, like you have pyro at home. Yeah, well, I've talked about actually having real pyro, just like a little bit, but I think it's like a fire hazard, so I just can't do Sorry, that. Sorry, I just have no. somebody with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. There we go. Um, do you have a favorite moment for yourself in AEW? Uh, one of my, f- I have multiple favorite moments. One of my favorite moments was coming out to save Moxley from Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. 
That was a one that was a was yeah. was that your first dynamite or no? That was um, I had wrestled uh, Darby Allen on a Saturday night mm. dar- uh, Dark. dynamite. Or was it Saturday? It was okay. a Saturday night dynamite okay. due to the uh, NBA playoffs. Yeah. Oh, so, that around. yeah. I, I wrestled him on a Saturday night dynamite. Um, another favorite moment was being Christian Cage's second match wrestling him. That's cool. Um, my Grand Slam matches, just every big event that I've been in has been has been a favorite moment. But t- right now, at this moment, was winning the Face of the Revolution ladder match in San Francisco. That's and cool. it can't get better than that because I'm standing on the top of a ladder where it says "Do not stand, <laughs> dude." Well, and, and that, I wear, got, it got a little scary there for me because that ladder was j- jacked up. Yeah, I, I hit hard. Yeah, I wear a size 14 <laughs> shoe. And my feet are over this ladder. <laughs> oh God! And I'm an athlete. I got balance. And I'm standing there, you know, looking like the the Jesus statue, <laughs> hold, holding that. That's know, it's that that's one and that ladder was moving time. a lot. It was, yeah, it, it was. And you know, well, is there pressure in that moment when you're going up and yeah, going, what's going through your mind? It's live this, TV. This it's live TV. I'm I'm gonna climb up there. I'm yeah. gonna get it. And you know. If something would have happened, I would have fell on our officials. Yeah. But it, no, but and know, that's what it's so great about, like, what people who maybe aren't, like, super locked in to watching wrestling in that moment, like, those refs did the right thing. Yes. They came yes. in. Right? You, you got In, in, you, in, in, you, in you, any ladder match you yeah, watch. Yeah, that's what happens. Refs are holding the ladder. You have so to. So all this... Well, that's so stupid. I, I heard that narrative, and I, I think it's so dumb. It, it doesn't matter to me, because yeah. I've, I've learned from... Reading about Michael Strahan and listening to him, there's always going to be something in the media people yeah, yeah. like. And, <laughs> no and, I, and I don't care because Good. 10 out of 10 of those people wouldn't say that garbage to my face. Right. Uh-huh. So it's. And they would never do what you would do. They would never no. put someone else's blood on no. their bodies or stand <laughs> I'm, up I'm, on that ladder. I'm a gangster. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to go home and clean my gutters and stand on the top of a ladder and have <laughs> my children hold the ladder. Question oh, yeah. Do your children, have your children seen you perform live then in they AEW? Did. Okay. They did. They, they got to see it this cool. past weekend. Oh. What did that just, mean? To you? It meant a lot. It, it emotionally it, it means a lot for me, and they were holy, uh, holy s s chants going on. And yeah, my two and a half year old daughter I heard was chanting that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta so, buy in. Yeah, gotta buy I mean, in. She, she got a pass. Hey, the yeah. other thing you mentioned is your son, who's seventeen. You said seventeen, size seventeen shoe, six foot seven. Yeah, still growing. And he plays basketball. You yes, said right. He, they're saying he's Oof. gonna go. Grow anywhere from six ten to seven one. Oh my god! And he's a good. You hear that? Kid. He's a good looking Kings. kid. So what's uh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is he trying to go like? Yeah, he wants he, to play he, pro yeah, ball. Yeah, we went to the um, Warriors game last week when they uh, made their comeback against the Timberwolves. Yeah, and Bob Myers probably looking. at him like, hey, yeah. he was <laughs> like, where you go? Where I you mean, play? Like Festus looked at him, and, and Mullen looked at him, and you're like, <laughs> do you want to get a few rebounds for Draymond today? Yes. He's like, hey, damn, man. dude. So he's. He's, uh, How do you get that height? I mean, not that you're small or anything, but I mean, that's... What are you saying? I'm short? Yeah. I mean, you're 6'2", <laughs> 6'3". Six, six, yeah, he just... Six, I mean, seven. that's not small, but I mean, he's... Yeah. He could be seven foot. Like, you're... His, his mother is about six foot. Okay. Oh, wow. okay. Six, Tall, yeah, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall fam. Tall fam. Tall fam. Dude. Okay. Uh, my, my, my kids get her legs, her calves, and I'm just like, man, this... I create monsters. Yeah, you, you know? literally yes, you do. do. So, do, do you, any of your kids have any aspirations uh, 
to be a professional wrestler at any point? Have they talked about that? I, I think my son Bam Bam just turned five. Okay, one Bam Bam, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and he that that kid is like the size of a eight year old. <laughs> like he's, no, yeah, he's he's wild. Like, like Zion was when he was a kid. I'm yeah, sure Zion yeah, was he, he's he's wild and. He goes to his basketball camps, and people are like, is he supposed to be in this age group? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he goes hard. Dude, it's been a, a joy getting to uh, learn more about your story. We can't wait Appreciate to see it. you coming up uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow yes. night, AW Dynamite, live. Live at Golden One Center. Yep. Still yes. get your tickets at goldenonecenter.com. Click on events. Be there. I'm going to be there. Chris is going to be there. We're all going to witness history. Powerhouse Hobbs. Yes. The new... TNT champion. And that's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Because I can already see it now. Oh. AEW. Ooh. World. Heavyweight champion. You the man. You the man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you guys. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. We got more coming up next. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Yeah. and Mo on your local sports leader. Town Sports. You know what I love, guys? What do you love? I love the fact that we just had Powerhouse Hobbs in here for an hour. An hour. An hour. Hey, look, I understand. You're a sports radio station. Did you talk Kings this hour? Did you talk that? Here's my view on it. If you have a good conversation, if it's mm-hmm. compelling content... It's great. That's, that, this, this show, we're going to hit on everything. I, and, I don't care. Yeah. yeah it's, it's who we're talking show. to. It's, it's No, thank you. Like I could talk to a mental health team expert for an hour if I want to. Oh, it doesn't yeah, matter. Oh, Chris's hey, Chris, mic's on. Mic's on. Oh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're good. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. We Joe suck. came in saying, uh, he's just like, oh, man, I was trying to get over here to see Hobbs, but uh, I kept getting pulled away. I do, honestly, I think Hobbs would have hung out for the whole show. He, he was like, this is great. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to do anything else except work out and go yeah. back to my hotel. So, um. Dude, he no, it was just a cool conversation. You learn about people's... I like hearing about people's journeys because Thank everyone's you. got a story. It doesn't matter what walk of life. And especially people have reached a different level. Like, he has had to grind, getting paid like 50 bucks doing an indie show. So now he is working full-time for All Elite Wrestling. I just think that's awesome. And he's been through a lot, man. And... I like how much pride he has in where he's from. Yep. Where he's come from. It's it's really cool. It no, and that's people's stories can be like you think about the grind that people have in in show business. And that goes for our business, that goes for um the performing business, the sports business, like it takes a different type of of mentality it takes a different type of person and when you hear the stories and the struggles and the challenges that people have to face and fight through i mean there's just a lot of a lot of special people out there and i'm just so glad that we were able to talk to one right now well let's talk some kings man hell because, yeah uh, the kings got a nice win last night at golden one center beating the Pelicans without De'Aaron Fox. You went without De'Aaron Fox. It's huge. And I loved how the Kings played. We talked about that in the first hour with Chris Watkins. But now, you know, you're starting to get a feel for um, how other people around the league are feeling about the Kings. And we played this in the first hour, but I want to bring this back so we can expand on this. Do it. Zach Lowe 
one of my favorite basketball dudes mm-hmm. out there. Basketball mind. He is. Well, what I like about Zach Lou, he puts the work in. He legitimately watches games. He wakes up in the morning, catches up on watches full games. He talks to people. He learns. He educates. He's not just a talking head that watches highlights and has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, he brings something to the table. Uh, he was talking about the Kings with Tim McMahon from ESPN on his podcast today and talked about that the Kings are not too far away from being a contender? The Kings are number one yes. by a lot in mm-hmm. points, there in you points go. per possession. 25th on defense, and there's still reason to think that some of their defense is just bad luck because they don't foul. They get every defensive rebound. They force a decent amount of turnovers. They're allowing a lot of mid-range shots. Teams are just making everything from everywhere against them. Now, I think part of that is because they have no rim defense. They're getting smoked at the rim just like they did last year. Some of it with the mid-range jumpers and the threes, they might be a little bit better than 25th on defense. They are... They're not going away, man. They they they're one wing away from being truly, truly interesting to me as like a potential <laughs> contender. Like I just think, point guard, center, offensively, they are massively skilled with oh, Fox. They are, they and are unbelievable. Yeah, and and look, I have personally acknowledged to both Monty McNair and, and, and Wes Wilcox that my harsh criticism of what at the time I called the Tyrese Halliburton trade was off. And I, Tyrese Halliburton is exactly who I thought he was, which is one of the rising stars in the NBA. But Sabonis is really, really, really good. And I, uh, I just you know, think I think they're going to be a tough out in the, in the play. Everyone is just penning them in as the loser well, of the 3-6 series. I think they're going to be a tough mm-hmm. out. Can we appreciate this for a second, Morgan? Yeah. Can we appreciate the fact yeah. That Zach Lowe, mm-hmm. a year and a monthish after the Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton, just was talking about the Kings being a tough out in the playoffs mm-hmm. and suggesting that they might be a wing defender away from being a contender. Are you kidding me? This is real life right now. ESPN, Zach Lowe giving the Kings some love. And it's not only about him giving the love, it's about. Like we were just talking about how we respect him as a basketball mind, someone who watches, appreciates um, the league and it stays up to date on everything. And there's so many times the narrative, because people want to be lazy and not watch, it's, hey, but this team has Luca. This team has this. And I've even have gone along the lines of those narratives when we are talking about a postseason and being in a matchup with the Mavs. My number one automatic thing was when that trade happened and the Kings were in the third spot was, well, they have the experience and they have Luka and Kyrie. You know, like that. that's ultimately what it is. Not giving the love to what this basketball team with the Sacramento Kings are doing are executing at a high level and what they are doing is translating into serious winning basketball and it's getting respect for around the league yes now as it should the other thing that they were talking about what is the king's playoff potential what if it shakes out that they hold on to three or or move up to two whatever it ends up being um Mm -hmm. they draw Minnesota in the first round or Dallas in the first round, a team that like 
everyone thinks I think Dallas has more upside than Sacramento because of Luca right. and the Luca Kyrie combination. But yeah. there's really nothing. They're two and five. We're going to talk about them in a second. They're two and five together. There's nothing that really suggests that they should be like favorites over the Kings. Minnesota should not be favorites over the Kings. Yeah. We'll see when Cat comes back. But like that's a winnable series. Okay, let's say they win that series. Let's say they stick it. They get the draw breaks for them. They win. Then it's. Two three against the Grizzlies with no Brandon Clark and let's even assume Jaws back. Like, or, or or you might be looking at one of those teams in the second round instead. Like look, I'm not gonna sit here and like the Grizzlies obviously we've just talked about a lot. There's more question marks around the Grizzlies than any team that's uh you know uh, gonna have a home court advantage in the first round. I'm just saying I'm just saying by far. The, the King it's there is a semi reasonable world where we wake up and the Kings are in the conference finals. What? I'm not. I wouldn't pick it. It's going to depend a yeah. lot about who their first round opponent is out of these teams. Because if it's Clippers, Warriors, whatever, I think they're in for an uphill battle. But if it breaks you right know, for Kings, them, they're they're good. Morgan Reagan, they're Zach good. Lowe. Did you hear this? I did. There is a world where the Kings could make it to the conference finals. Imagine uttering those words. Nope. Last year at this time. Nope. It's crazy. You know, I it obviously I would not predict that either. But Thank there you. is a path because you look at the West right there now. And there is a path. I feel like I'm John King. You could look at a couple of things, a playoff scenario. All right. There's a path here. The Kings, the Warriors are kind of down. Are they trying to figure it out? We'll find out. All right. Dallas, I don't know. They can't guard anybody. Luca, Kyrie, can they get it together? We'll see. I kind of, I'm the John King's. Oh, in. Prime he's Prime. vibing. I'm going to sound like somebody else. No, oh, no, no, wow. No, no, Chris no, no, Watkins no, no, no. is shaking I, that's his a, head. That's a little different. You stop with I that could, disrespect. There is similarities, but it's not the I same. Can... Don't ever say that, you son of a... I didn't say it. You... <laughs> I don't even want to um, know. But seriously, you look at the West. The Clippers, I call them the paper champs. Yeah. We've been, we, it was, they said they're the champions on paper for like four years now. The paper champs. Wow. They got some things to Did figure out. Did you just out. make that up? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dallas. I get why it's sexy, Luca and mm-hmm. Kyrie, but what else? We know the Warriors. I don't know. Everyone wants to put the Warriors as one of the three teams to contend in the <laughs> West with Denver and Phoenix. You got to be better on the road to be considered that. They've won seven road games this year. I believe they're seven and 24. You want to know why? That's embarrassing. You want to know why people don't count them out? It's a couple things. It's um when they start showing up, you see it. Mm. They have the experience too. And three, the way that they talk so confidently about their team, like no one wants to see us in the postseason. There's a little part of you that goes, yeah, they said that before and they backed it up. That's fine. I just think their team's more fly than ever. I th- obviously, the Wiggins stuff, who knows? He's going through some personal things right yeah. now. And I hope everything's okay with his family. He's been He's been done for, for a, a while. minute. Steph just got back. We'll talk some more hoops coming up next. Plus, we got the return of Truth or Trash. We got story time with Chris Furlod. Oh, we got so much to get to. So much. Until 2 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports. like I'm Ron Burgundy, an anchorman, when he's trying to run to get back for the newscast. And you Woo. make it. And every time, I don't want you here. To, I want to start the show without you. You can't. I can. We, I can. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Why? I mean, it's like, 
you can't start. Oh, here we go. What? It's like you you can't have Michael Jordan or you can't. Have, That's fair. I was going to yeah. say like Jimi Hendrix. You can't oh. have a concert without him back in the day. Like he's the guy. He's the star. This is of the not show. a good comparison. That's a crazy Jimi Hendrix. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I'm no. I could, I'm thinking of people, elite people. Elite. Why? Why would Jimi Hendrix come? Out? Which I mean, I. I'm I just. Th- I was thinking of rock star, and I'm kind of a rock star persona. I've got that type of swagger. Powerhouse Hobbs is in here, and now his uh, energy is going on to Deuce. He he tried to intimidate me. You know when it's funny I liked when it. he first came in, he tried to say monster, and I was like, oh, is he going to be in character? Is he going to be? We disarmed him fast. Yeah, we, we did. disarmed him fast, which just goes to show you oh, my ability go. because it's not always about physical warfare oh, hops. show him your muscle okay yeah tell him it's about mental warfare mm. and within the matter of seconds i had you sitting here telling me Ooh. your life story you wanted to come here and cut promos on deuce mason Ooh. you want to say call me mr monster by the end of it who won deuce mason Thank you. Thank you. That's a good bad. promo. Not good bad. Promo. But guess what? You wouldn't say it to his face. Oh, I would. I absolutely would. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Deuce and Mo hanging out until 2 p.m. here on Sacktown Sports. We got Kells and Rami coming up from 2 until 6 tonight. Um, Morgan, we were talking before the break about what Zach Lowe had to say about the Kings and how uh, things are going in Sacramento. Have you reached a point now where you're like, yeah, I, not only do I think they can be in the first round and mm-hmm. be in a series that they could win a first round series. Yeah. No. And this is <sighs> things change so fast. And I think in sports, I don't think I know in sports people, when they have takes, they have an issue when they're wrong or when it, it changes. And with the Kings, it feels like it's the opinion changes for everyone, not just me, not just national media. I think for a lot of people, it changes Week by week, when you keep throwing tests at them with, oh, man, this road trip, though, it's a long one. What are they going to do here? Oh, this game without De'Aaron Fox, but he's really part of their full identity. Oh, don't Sabonis broke his hand. You know, Keegan Murray in a slump. All these challenges, adversity thrown at them, and they've responded time after time after time. And with that, Deuce, it has given me not only because of those scenarios that they have the ability to beat a team in a first-round series, but I think when you just go to the eye test and you see what you're witnessing with this squad and how good of basketball that they are playing together, um, you got to believe it. They had a season, they tied their season high with 39 assists last night. Whereas I think some people are calling it Frankie D's. Yeah, right? no, no, we're calling them Frank, Frankie D's. Yeah, Franklin D. Roosevelt, dime, Frankie D's. There you go, you got to explain it. Yeah, every time, because no <laughs> one's going to ever get this. You know, obviously the offense is pulling, something that Zach Lowe was saying about the Kings defense is he thinks they're actually better than their 25, 25th defensive rating. And honestly, at times I do agree with that because a lot of times... I, I don't feel like it's an effort thing a lot of times with Sacramento's defense. I think sometimes they get beat. It's just like, hey, a guy makes a bet. You know, the guy is better. He makes a nice shot. He could, the, the defender yeah. is not big enough to deal with this elite wing. Like, they're going to have some disadvantages based on personnel. 
But I think they play competitive. I think they play hard. What he was just mentioning, defensive rebounding matters. The other number that jumps out to me is how they control the transition game. They had a bad game against Minnesota the other night. Yes. They allowed 16 fast break points in the first half. I think 21 in the entire game. But on the season, they allow 11.5 fast break points a game. That is number one in the NBA. So there are some things defensively they're doing well. Well, you talk about a lot of it being effort, right? It's it's you might not have the best individual uh, defensive players in the league, but what you can control is your effort and how you do things together and how you execute things together. And I think when you look at this team too, Mike Brown is only going to pull you. For two reasons on the defensive end, you aren't showing effort or you're having a brain fart. If you're mentally not there and you're time after time, we've seen it with like Terrence Davis or Chemezi Metu. Keegan they, Murray last night yeah, a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the other night with Keegan Murray, yeah. you know, even when he was only playing 20 minutes because of what he was doing out there. You have those moments and you're not making the changes and altering your defensive game in in listening to what your coaches are telling you, then you are going to sit. It's either make this specific change that I am telling you that you need to make and you will be better or else you don't need to play. Yeah, we saw them throw in some 2-3 zone last night yeah. too. And, you know, I think we're seeing more and more NBA teams mix in some zone looks against uh, teams because it's just it can confuse teams a little bit it throws them off gets them out of rhythm it definitely got new orleans out of rhythm a bit yesterday but i thought after the game Trey allows made an interesting point and sometimes it's weird when you hear this but he was highlighting the fact that the defense last night he goes guys were talking we were communicating mm-hmm. and you know goes far like yelling yeah and i think if you get it, I, we've been lucky to see nba practices g league practices before and they really emphasize the talking on defense. Like, I mean, you grew up playing it. It's, that's what it's about. It's such a fundamental <laughs> basketball thing. But believe it or not, it doesn't happen all the time in the NBA. That's it. And for the Kings, who have some deficiencies based on personnel from a defensive standpoint, if you're not communicating, you're toast. And last night, they were talking like crazy. They were, they were playing physical. They were up in the guys. It was a much better defensive performance. It's such a weird thing when you don't see teams communicating and it's it's just like it's a weapon that you're not utilizing to the fullest that that could benefit you and your team to to get to the next level just by utilizing something like your voice you know it doesn't take that and that's where the effort comes in to tell one extra player one extra teammate like get over there i got your help i got your back here or hedgy or whatever it is and that's why you saw last night so many times that there was um, just really precise movements, crisp, sharp basketball, even on the defensive end with guys trying to push and come off screens the way that they're navigating screens to the person that was stunting the ball handler to the person that was running out to the corner because obviously against the Minnesota Timberwolves, there was a lot of wide open threes. And I just love the response to the mistakes that they made on Saturday night. Yeah, and it's it's life. Right, and I know sometimes we we're like they get paid millions, blah 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 blah. I get it, yeah. And they need to be locked in. You're right. The challenge has to be to do it consistently. But there are going to be some nights in the NBA breaking news. They're not going to be. 
And it, it's going to cost them. It, it, it happens. You, you're not going to be at your best every single game. No. You better be on it most of the time, especially if you want to win championships at this level. That's what it takes. It takes a different level of uh, mentality and focus to do it every single night. Mike Brown standards too, right? Those are his standards that he has with his team that he is coaching. I mean, even with his coaches bringing it, it it starts with him. It trinkles on down. Everyone has been buying in. And I think that's been the most beautiful thing too. Even if a practice is hard the next day after a long road trip or whatever it is, people understand that they need to do it to get to the next level, to get that winning level, to be in the third seed in the Western Conference, baby. Do you realize what's coming up Thursday? What? Do you remember what, what's coming up oh. the next three games? Yeah. The Knicks. Yeah. Thursday night, TNT. Saturday at Phoenix. Monday, Milwaukee. Mm. I know we're all fearful of that schedule, but I'm telling you. You're the deer. You need to realize uh-huh. these these teams don't want to play the Kings either. I know they don't. I mean, I'm sure they're co- you know they're confident in themselves, right? But for sure, the Kings have a reputation of being a. Re- they are the best offensive team in basketball this year. You after don't being want 25th none of that last year. Yeah. Can you guys imagine if they win two out of three? Which two? Um, if I were to choose two to win, Knicks, Avi. You want Knicks? Knicks. I think Knicks and Suns. Yeah, that would make you go crazy because then Milwaukee is like so good, and they're in the other conference where, like, obviously beating the Bucks would be awesome. Yeah, but winning on national TV and then beating the team that's trying to move up on you in a huge game on the road. Oh my god, dude! If go win all three, Morgan. we we have to get Pyro at the okay. home studio. Yes, okay. Ah! Come on, like yeah. that. Like I just got pumped once again it's gonna be a good challenge though this is what it's about we're talking about all these games being playoff games from here on out (laughs) that game on thursday night is going to be an amazing atmosphere at golden one center saturday on the road the suns know that they need to win that game monday the bucks come to town we know how legit that team is oh we got so much to get Mm. to we might be able to sprinkle in truth or trash we might have to save truth or trash till tomorrow i don't know save it we still have story time with i want story time all right, it's Deuce and Mo. Do you? Yes, we do. Oh, of course yeah. we do. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Here until 2 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports 1140 and... That's SacktownSports.com. Shout out to our guy Frankie Cardicelli. He's sick, he's sick today. Aww. He, he, he was supposed to come in today. And he, he said, Jewish, my, 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 my throat kind of hurts. <laughs> that's, no, honestly, that's what he sounded like. Frankie. What do you mean? That was the audio from the voicemail oh. he left me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't so realize you, you played cut it. it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah that my was, bad. Chris actually had more of that. Can you play that, the rest of that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm too sick to come in. Oh, yeah. Who coughs like that in a voice message? What a weirdo. Anyway, I was le- reading his latest Frankie piece. Casparelli. He was highlighting Kevin Herter's play um, after a tough February. Uh, Frankie writes that after shooting 29% from beyond the arc over 12 games in February, uh-huh. Herter is shooting 17 of 29 from three over the past four games. What do you think has been different for him? Um, I... <laughs> Is it simply he's just knocking down shots? No, like what? no, because because I I think he has the ability 
to shoot the ball like that any night, even though he didn't show up even on All-Star Weekend for some reason. But I think it's been attention to detail for him, um, whether it's the way that he's coming off a screen or he's squaring up with his footwork to make sure he has the best look at the basket, elevating his shot more, whatever it is fundamentally uh, and mentally it's helping. It, he just he he looks confident in his shot. It's a nice rhythm, um, but he's doing all the other things too, Deuce. Which sometimes for some could really elevate their game. You know, one person that might be playing well on defense and it helps them on the offensive end as well. I think with Kevin Herter, it's not even about his defense necessarily. It's about the way he's crashing boards. He's making, he's playmaking, he's finding the open guy. And then it's also helping his flow of his offense, his shot. Yeah. It was, it's just been good to see him get, get it going again because yeah. we know how, and what's also kind of crazy about it is with him having that month of February, the Kings offense did not miss a beat. Nope. And that's, what's been so good about the Kings offense. It seems like, even if one guy kind of drops off for a bit, they don't really get impacted by it too much. There's another guy who steps up, and that's what's been pretty wild about it. I think it's because they just have that chemistry. They have a system in place where the ball's moving around, and you're going to get good looks out of it. What The looks Sabonis creates. Oh my talk about God. the dribble handoffs, oh. but he draws so much attention. And last night, it was so important for them to play with pace, especially without Fox there. You need to push the pace. You need to get up and down the floor. I thought Davion did a good job of that, too. Yeah, Davion pushing the pace was uh, it was just really encouraging, right? That you know if De'Aaron Fox is out, that he has the ability to continue the same strategy that this or identity that this team has on the offensive end. And he doesn't necessarily need to be a threat with his shot making, even though last night he was creating for himself. He was finding ways to dribble, step back, boom, hit the three. But he's so explosive, too. The way that he can take someone off his handles, uh, go down the lane to become a threat. So if someone does commit over, he can find the open man. He's done a great job of showing off his speed and his ability to lead this team when De'Aaron Fox is not on the court. Now he needs to find a way to do that in shorter amount of time. I'm curious if he can do that. Like, what is it that's keeping him? Because I, I've heard from multiple people, and I see it too, is like, hey, it's really tough to get in a rhythm when you're playing three-minute chunks. And maybe yeah. Mike Brown needs to, you know, change that up a little bit. But at the same time, like, you have to make the most of it. I mean, we're talking to, to, to Powerhouse Hobbs, Will Hobbs last hour, talking about making the mo- me- most of whatever time you get. Yeah. If you get a minute in the ring, you have a minute to to have an influence on something, go out there and execute it. How does he do that in those brief minutes he could get? I think it's a different type of mindset. Even what Will Hobbs was saying, like you can just tell he's mentally strong in so many ways you know he has found help whether it's in with a third party therapy um meditating whatever it is and i think with davion mitchell he's such a smart athlete such a smart basketball player that he just has to start believing in in himself in those moments and or in the time frame that he is playing. And by doing that, you got to play more freely. And what we saw last night, he was playing, 
playing freely because I think he knew at the end of the day he wasn't just going to get pulled for a mistake. Mm. Where if you feel like that's the case, that you're going to get pulled for a mistake, so you have to play a certain way, then you're not going to play your game into the best of your ability. And I think Davion Mitchell has to just find a way to control that mentally to maybe find um, a better flow in the short amount of periods that he might be playing when De'Aaron's back. Also helps when he knocks down shots. You yeah, know, he was six of eight shooting last night, knocking down some big threes, and that's a good thing. The last couple of times he's gotten the opportunity to start in place of Fox, he's played well. He's played aggressive. He's attacked. He's not just doing the catch and shoot thing. Thank you. It, it's it's been encouraging, and you talk about a guy who can impact the game defensively. Like he did that last night too. He does it every single night. It's just he got what thirty plus minutes last night. The challenge for him is can he do it in those limited sample sizes? But also, I think if he can. Those minutes are going to increase. I think it's going to make it for an interesting decision for Mike Brown to be like, all right, we got to play him with Fox more. Yeah, and I mean, if that's the case, I I believe it could work. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe there's there's a place for it. I it's we're going to see some really frustrating times ahead too I think when we're in the postseason and I think a lot of people your expectations have gone up for this team so much since they've shown so many things of what they're capable of and it's understandable but at the same time I think it's important to make sure when and as we get further into the season and when the postseason arrives that this team these players have not been there before. Just because Matthew Delavadova has been there and he's going to be sharing his knowledge and his experience with this team, it can only go so far. You know, like that's no knock on anyone that's been an NBA champ and at the end of a roster, but like you have to experience it for yourself to be able to grow from those moments. And we're going to see a lot of frustrating moments, I feel like, going forward. I, I don't know if it's because Powerhouse Hobbs is in studio, yeah. but I'm kind of in a fighting mood now. What are you? Who are you going to fight, Chris? Oh, a- Chris hey, Watkins. Hey, a- Andy Brooks. Oh. Look at me. Look at me in the chat. Let's see. I see your ridiculous question, and I'm going to answer your ridiculous question. I did this last time. I'm going to do this again. The deer and fox slander better stop. How do you take a game off when you see what your bonus is doing every night? Okay. Couple of things, oh. Andy. Throw it down, dude. Andrew. Oh, he me hates tell that. You something, Andrew. I don't think he likes Jared it. Jared Fox had hamstring soreness. Mm-hmm. Have you had a hamstring injury before? Do, Do you, you realize that Jared Fox wanted to play? Do you realize that Mike Brown said? You're not playing De'Aaron because we do not want you to get hurt long term because you're a point guard and hamstring injuries. Breaking news. They linger, buddy. Linger. Okay, it's one thing to play with a hand injury. I don't know if you had a hamstring. You want to go run and push the pace with a hamstring injury? Do you want to do that? You don't How even, do you do that? How do you do that? You don't even have to compare injuries, but though, with Andrew. You don't, you don't fight through hamstring stuff. So, yes, if he takes a game off because his coach says, we need you to be ready for Thursday <laughs> night when the Knicks come to town on TNT and Astral Audience is here, then that's what's going to happen. Hey, Andy says, I can't type. I'm beaten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sma- I did Jay, smash your hands. That was such a weak Know your role and shut your mouth. Thank you. You jabroni. We got a break. 
And coming up <laughs> next, do not go anywhere because Christopher Laws got some stories that you need to hear. Ooh. It's story time with Christopher Laws, baby. It's coming up next on Sacktown Sports 1140 and com. and Mo on your local sports leader. Town Sports. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Deuce and Mo here on Town Sports 1140. Why are you pointing at me? The tickets. Oh. I just thought you were going to forget no, again. I had it right in front of me. I was about to get to it, and you just kept pointing. Just say sorry. Just say sorry, and we'll move on. No. Just please. No. Okay. We're not moving on. Fine. Let's sit, let's have radio silence. Do it. <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys for being loyal. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy Deuce. H- hanging out with uh, Sacktown Sports on this new lineup, 6A to 6P. We just had Chris and Co., which is Monday through Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, how about this? If you're caller number 11 right Ooh. now, I'm hooking you up. Do you want to know what you're getting? What are you getting? Snoop Dogg at Golden One Center, baby. Whoa. Live Nation has got your plug to check out Snoop Dogg. Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, and Burner High School Reunion Tour 2023 with special guest DJ Drama. Live at Golden One Center, <laughs> August 25th, 2023. Mm. What a lineup that is. No, Wiz, Too Short, Warren Dude, G. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, if you want tickets, two tickets right now. Two call tickets. number 11 339 1-800-920-1140. Ayo. Thank you so much. All right. Buckle up. It's time oh. for story time with Chris Verla, baby. We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Chris Verlaud gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Story time with Chris Verlaud, baby. What do you got, Chris? All right, let's stay, let's stay here in California. Oh, I'd love to. I would okay. love to. Let's go to Porterville, California. Porterville? Porterville. You've is never that... been to Porterville? No. Best I... part about it. Is leaving Porterville? That's rude. <laughs> and you've never even been there. Yeah. Wow. Well, that looks cute. This comes from Gizmodo. Raymond Brewer told investors that he could build machines that can convert cow manure to methane gas that could be sold as energy on dairies in California and in Idaho. And this is like a big thing that's become famous, like in the Midwest, and that they're trying to get the methane gas yeah. out of the cow manure to sell. And it's supposed to be sort of a cleaner way, but uh, oh, still it's... issues with all the um, yeah, big farming, you know, not, yeah. not great. Huh. So Brewer told dairy farmers that they would get 66% of the profits from renewable energy credits. That's what they've been pushing, pushing for renewable energy. Yeah. So does that sound too good to be true? Um, I mean, it sounds fine. I mean, it's poop at the end of the day, like that we're talking about. So it sounds fine. Well, it's not true. Oh, <laughs> that is because Brewer pled guilty to charges that he defrauded <gasps> investors. Oh, from 2014 to 2019, he took eight point seven five million dollars. And instead of building these machines, as promised, he used it to buy a new house and new Dodge trucks. Oh, my God. So he just left the, the cow poop there to do nothing. Yeah. And what do the cows get out of this deal? <laughs> they die. They, they get, get slaughtered. 
No. no those dairy farms, they get milked. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. I know. They, they, they treat them great at yeah. those dairy farms. The- Don't you remember those commercials, Happy Cows? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh they're so they didn't happy. show the pus and everything else, <laughs> but. If you, dr- if you drink milk. You disgust me. You, no, it's true. You are pretty pretty disgusting. I don't think I've had a glass of milk in like years. Right. That's, Probably it's, over a decade. And why, it's why is that, Chris? I think it's kind of just gross. Yeah, right? It's like we're not, you're not supposed to drink that. So like, what's your, but what's your go-to? Like an oat milk. Yeah, oat milk, like, is, oat like milk, oat milk is the best. Yes. If I need I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like creamy and stuff. It's perfect. It, dude, it is perfect. Like almond milk too watery. Oat milk, mwah. So yeah, anyway, but poop, wow, this guy- Awful. So I in, hate people. In, in 2019, so he started this in 2014. In 2019, investors started to get suspicious. <laughs> and that is when Brewer moved to Montana. Oh, of course. God. And assumed a new identity until he was arrested in 2020. Brewer will be sentenced in June and faces up to 20 years in prison. Good. 20 years? Like almost $10 million. That's yeah, insane. no. I. If you did all that work... Why would you move to Montana? Why wouldn't you like bounce to Mexico or something? Uh, like, uh, you're, you're it took him a year what? to find him in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah, he was probably like, "I'm good here. <laughs> I'm good in the middle of the woods here." Uh, too bad. Good for him. I'm glad he's going away. All right, let's let's go to the southern hemisphere, all the way to Auckland, New Zealand. Okay. Ooh, that'd be a cool place to go to. It would be a great place. So this is Auckland, New Zealand. Courtesy of the New Zealand Herald. Have you guys ever, like, thought you heard, like, a cell phone vibrating and it wasn't vibrating? Sure. Or, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, mm, yes. mm, mm. That, it, Your vibration is not good. Do it again. Mm, mm, mm. You, you're doing this. You're going, mm, mm, mm. What, you to, what's it? Mm, 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 <laughs> that is good. That is pretty. Okay. Good job. Mm, mm, that's not, that was your phone. Oh. Mm, mm, mm. No. Hey. Yeah, no, I hate doing the show with you. Like Dean. Okay, goodbye. Go on. So, what if that was happening for a month oh, in God. your house? Oh, no. Like, just, really happening, or are you just like feeling you, it? You hear, and it sounds like a cell phone vibrating. I would think that Deuce is stuck under the house making that noise. <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No. For a month. Well, that's exactly what happened to the residents of the Pacific Luxury Apartments, a 57-story luxury apartment. Residents were complaining for a month, and that 25 residents said it, it drove them crazy. They couldn't sleep. They they stopped going into parts of the house because that's all they could hear is oh, that noise. Man. And the 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 building, they were trying to find out if it was a maintenance issue, if there was an electric issue. No one could find out what the sound was. Well, it's finally found out. It was actually from a resident, a resident who installed a ceiling vibrator. Now, that is... <laughs> I'm so the, sorry. So this oh, was what? A what is ceiling this? vibrator. So this was developed in China, and it's a way, like, you know, like, if you've got people living above you, yeah. instead of just, like, hitting on the oh, ceiling yeah. or something like that. We used to use like a broom as a, as a kid. Yeah. You've got this annoying buzz okay. that was not only going through the person above's <laughs> apartment, it was going throughout the entire building. Why'd they leave it on all the time? They don't know. He, does, he They haven't said. He hasn't said like oh why he did God. it. And they they're figuring out like what to do legally. Like he was in his own apartment with this machine. So like, what actually did he do illegal? 
to I drive mean, all these people crazy. You're a, you're a nuisance, so you get evicted from the apartment. Or- so that's what that's what they're worried. They haven't said like who it is or that because there's privacy concerns. <laughs> but they said that they they checked his house and what they believe happened. Was he just took when they came over? He just took it down. It's like, oh yeah, go ahead and look around. This is so. They're actually four noisy neighbors. I didn't even know that's a thing, and that sounds. I didn't know until. <laughs> you can get it on there, Amazon. My mom, the way she would, if there were people up <laughs> above us taking that broom to the ste- ceiling, boom, 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 <sighs> keep it down, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's awful, <laughs> awful. Well, I'm glad that they figured it out. But yeah, the guy shouldn't. I mean, it's legally for sale but maybe they can ban them like i would say like hey can you pay my rent for a month yeah yeah no if i a luxury apartment i'd be so annoyed they, they were there's parts of the house they just like okay i'm not living in i'm not going into this part of the house because this is driving me crazy that's insane i also when chris said ceiling vibrator i was i was like where is he going with <laughs> yeah this? i, I think we all, hey, all hey, of our know, faces know, were like okay. i know the rules I know. I know the rules. I know yeah. the rules all right let's let's end with the yeah let's end with a good story oh i love it i love, love a it. good story so this takes place in Willamette National Forest, okay. Oregon, courtesy of KVAL.com. Over the weekend, a man driving through Willamette National Forest, his vehicle became stuck in the deep snow. They've been having a lot of snow there. He had no cell phone reception, and he could have been in a dire situation. Okay. Like he can't get out of the, he can't get out of here. Luckily for him, he had a drone. So there's no cell phone service at all in this part of the park. So what he did was he wrote a text message on his phone, hooked it up to his drone, mm. and then flew it up until it reached level to get a cell phone tower, texted the person for help. The Lane County Sheriff's search and rescue team were then sent out. He was rescued along with another person who was also stuck in the snow nearby. Wait, time out. So he typed the text, hit send, but it wouldn't send until it, it until got reception it, like, and yeah. then it went through? That is brilliant. So we all need to buy drones. And he saved someone else. And yes. The, and, yeah. and, and then they both died at the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's <laughs> Nobody died. There was a story that I told Deuce about earlier. Or, yes. I cannot wait to hear just, this off air. And like, even like as I read, I'm just like, I can't do this. It was morning. good. It was good, but it got too dark. So that one's a good one. Yeah. And yeah. it on a high note. Oh, I love that, Chris. That's great. Well, you, yeah. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us tonight. I have one question for you, Morgan. Lakers play the Grizzlies tonight. Who yeah. Do, who do you root for in that game? Um, I guess the Lakers. You do. You root for the Lakers tonight. You don't tonight. have to root, root for them. You just no, like. No, no. You need... Let's go, AJ. Vandy, hit that. Vandy. Yeah. Like, you could be a Lakers fan tonight. No, no, yes. no, no. That, even that saying that out loud is disgusting. AJ, block the shot. Let's go. Lonnie Walker. Awful fans. All right. Barf. Kettles and Rami coming up next. It's Deuce and Mo. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya.